welcome to episode 35 of Be Me to Sick Bay. I'm here, your host. I'm here with McFreeze. That's true. And Hayes. I love flash animations and the things you can do with them. Yeah, I, uh, I gave us no warning today when I started the show. I just uh, brought the recording bot in here and we were fucking going. We're hitting the we're hitting the ground running. Yeah. We were talking about how good Homestar Runner was and how yeah. it's that uh, Flash is dead just because of that. Just because we want to watch that in this original flashy form. I'm going I'm to make a, a Homestar fan cam right after this. <laughs> Set to I'll you. do it my way. I love Homestar. I was thinking about Homestar the other day. I don't remember why. Oh, no, I do remember why. Because there's a Pikachu emoji on one of the servers that was posted. And his little arm is like, like, it's it's the mining Pikachu gif, mm-hmm. you know? And his little arm is moving up in a way that looks like Homestar's mouth. And he just looks like Pikachu Arr! Homestar. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a cheat version of Homestar? I think that's the cheat. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's a cheat version of Homestar. Well, that's what it, it, I guess that is just like the cheat. But yeah, it was like the Pikachu Homsar. You know, that's he's yellow. Just like Pikachu, Pikachu is yellow. Yeah, that's I true. Love Pikachu the is yellow, just like the cheat. Everyone loves the cheat. The cheat never really <laughs> did much cheating. He more did more partying than cheating. He was he was a good guy. I remember when he would flush the lights off and on and do a little disco. He'd like flush the the like twirl the nightstick around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's uh, the well, one so with yellow feet? The cheat. So welcome the to our cheat. Homestar Runner podcast. Uh, this is our inaugural episode. I would rather <laughs> talk about Homestar Runner than this episode. I did you not care for this that, episode. No. What? What? Are you crazy? Okay, so yes. today we're going to be talking about <laughs> today we're going to be talking about season three, episode eighteen, Allegiance, and season three, episode nineteen, uh, Captain's Holiday, which are both very good episodes. And I don't know what the hell Hayes is talking about. I didn't care for Allegiance that much. I'm sorry. Uh, I thought you, just, you, you should be. Among Us references. My, well, there's that. But also, <laughs> also, I thought the best part of the episode was the fake Picard on the ship stuff. And I didn't like any of the Among Us uh, situation much at all. I thought it was very disinteresting. Well, I mean, the, the really iconic things about this episode are fake Picard and like uh, the singing scene and... Uh, yeah. It's yeah. I this episode's classic, dude. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's perfect. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a hater. Maybe you are just a hater. No, I think it's, I think it's the Among Us stuff. I think you don't want to hear no, me say Among Us five thousand really, times. It's really not that. It's just you don't want to hear that Picard is sus. Uh, but I um, think <laughs> Picard sings even better than Strong Bad. I'm gonna say that's not true. Don't say that. I think it is true. I think he's got a good singing voice. It's not true. It's pretty. It's pretty good. I don't know. Um. So, what did you? What did the two of you think about Allegiance? I love it. I I fucking love this episode. That's what. <laughs> that's why I was so excited <laughs> when I remembered what episode this was at the end of the last episode, and I was like, "Well, Legion, what's what the hell episode is? Oh, oh, oh." That's my reaction to allegiance. Uh, Although I will admit, watching it again, like uh, the stuff, the cap, the captives stuff is not as uh, exciting, I guess, as I remembered. Um, not that I really remembered it being exciting, but you know what I mean. Like it, it's a little dry, but I, I love when um, the episode is sus and has to vent. Yeah, I don't know if I like it as much as that, but funny Picard is very funny, and that's what's important. 
I like that he is basically like an AI Picard, where it's like, what 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 if Dali made up like a personality profile of Picard and just like set him loose? Like, yeah, that's that's basically what this Picard was. He just kind of did things that Picard might do, <laughs> kind of, sorta, without any real real like rhyme or reason. It's good, yeah. Yeah, that's what's good about it. Yeah, that was my favorite stuff, and then the and then the captive stuff, which is the majority of the episode, frankly, is um. It's just half and half. It's pretty half and half. I thought it felt like maybe just because it dragged on so hard for me. I could not stand that stuff. It was so boring. I I wouldn't buy it quickly from. I don't. I don't know. I don't know, Hayes. I think it's a good episode. I'm gonna fight you. Okay. Look, how's been? (laughs) By the way, you're breaking our allegiance. Hey, did you you see Dragon Ball Superhero yet? No. You need to go see that, Ace. Well, it's I don't think it's still in theaters for me because my main theater near me got bought out by like some third part. It used to be a Cinemark and then it got bought out by like Joe's Cinema Emporium. And how did Joe afford that? Because there's that place is fucking dead. (laughs) That's how that's how he afforded it. Um. But um, it, it, it's part of my dead mall for context. Um, mm. And the rest of that mall is super insanely dead. Uh, like it was dying before COVID. And then after COVID, or I just didn't mean can you say after COVID, but um, after post, COVID appeared. Yeah. Po- po- post appearance of COVID, the dead mall has reached new, new deadness that, that you've like from the likes of which you've never seen before. Um, so I, I think like only a third of that mall is in operation. But sounds yeah. like uh, sounds like you need to go to a different theater. Yeah, it sounds like you need to drive sounds... to a different city to watch Dragon Ball Super. After well, that theater is like seven minutes away, and the theater after that is like twenty five minutes away. So it's I that's... I will probably just go. You, to the... you act like that's so far. Twenty five minutes is nothing. <sighs> well, you know I'm not a Midwester like you who's used to driving far for everything. I'm going to kill Hayes. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Uh, but but yeah um i i you're right i do need to go see superhero i'm not even sure is that still in theaters i don't know it's only it's, been it's, out for like two weeks well anime movies yeah, but it's an anime get... movie yeah yeah it's in yeah. my theater still i'll broly say that. got like one day at the theater near me like that was the day okay we but and saw broly yeah well superhero was the number one movie in america so think about that well that says a lot about movies in america right now doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> i mean not that it wasn't a good movie but you know uh there wasn't a lot of competition okay yeah it looks like i could just see it tomorrow at some point or in the next week i have to, I have to go make sure i see a dubbed viewing because i don't know who in, who would ever see a subbed viewing of a dragon ball property that'd be fucking. i sacrifice. don't know i i don't I, it baffles me that theaters show the subs uh, viewings and the dub viewings pretty much equally because who the hell is watching subbed dragon ball out there if you are stop listening to this show right now i don't want you listening to my show like i i, I can get it with like <laughs> demon slayer or what have you right like it, yeah but not fi- dragon ball you know dragon, it's not dragon ball. not in the states like i don't know who that's for sickos grandma gohan no one wants to watch that I, i'm not sure i've ever heard a moment of uh sub dragon ball and i don't want to you Harping. don't you legitimately do not want to I, I i shouldn't even slack it off that okay there's actually a charm to like early og like sub dragon ball where grandma goku just you know sounds like a variety Go- goku kid it makes sense in that context um but as as 
Nozaka. What's, what's her name? Nozaka. Nozaka. I don't, I don't know. Um, Nozawa. She, Nozawa. I'm sorry. As she covers like half the cast of Dragon Ball, it is grating, and she just kind of does the same voice for every character. Mm. And well, it's like you know when they were doing the recut of Dragon Ball Z, uh, like a decade ago, they kind of. No one wanted to hear it in uh, Japan because all the voice actors were 25 years older. So, yeah. yeah. And yet they, uh, they're they still uh, recording everything for those. I mean, movies. I don't want to listen. I'm not I'm not casting any shade against Nozawa. She is a legend. She is she is Goku fucking straight up. I just don't fucking hear that shit. Why are we talking about Dragon Ball? Let's talk about Allegiance. <laughs> Uh, I love Allegiance, part of the Divergent series of movies. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> that was a deep one. I had to reach uh, one for that I'm one. Mad, I'm, uh, mad I, I'm mad I understand that one. And I've also seen those movies. mad that you've seen that movie, yeah. Uh, movie like terrible. That. They are. The first one isn't that that bad, but they get, oh my god, they drop so fucking hard. The first one is like fun teen schlock in a way. And then the other ones are extremely boring teen schlock. Well, the last one has such bad CG that it's entertaining. Like, it was wrapped around, back around to being very entertaining just because of how bad the CG is And that. Totally. Remember the totally. fucking flying cars? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh. The, the, my I, I, is, like, I, looking at us like, I have no idea what the fuck you I don't even remember. I, I don't even remember what happens in the second I came one. in, like, halfway through those movies, and I kind of paid maybe 11% attention to them. That's about so how much there. they deserve. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's talk about Allegiance, the Star Trek episode. You're right. What was, we should. Uh, what was the what was the uh, the the co lead of the Allegiance of the sorry the, the Divergent movies called? He had a really funny name. I just can't remember it. I can think of his pouty, stupid face, but not his name. Um, he has such a fucking funny name. Hold on, I I need to know. I don't. Four. Okay, that's all. Four. Yeah, it was four. Yeah, <laughs> like the number. And it, he had. It was a really. The reason he was called four was something really stupid too. Like. Oh yeah, yeah. And also, the main character's name was Triss, and so you could say that they were a team fortress. Oh my god! I fucking. I'm leaving. Goodbye. I'm going. I'm walking away. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Allegiance. Seriously, let's talk about Star Trek: The Next Generation. Allegiance. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to our Star Trek: The Next Generation podcast. We are actually going to talk about Star Trek now. Oh man, do we have to? It was your idea. <laughs> I was going to keep talking about Dragon Ball. Um, um. <laughs> so this episode first aired on March 26, 1990. Uh, it was written by Richard Manning and Hans Beimler and directed by Winrich Colby. And the in-universe date is 437.14.1, solar year 2366. And this is the second one where Picard is sus, sus, among us, sus, yes, event, sus, among us. He didn't vent. I'm just uh, go with me here. He didn't vent. He he vents in the episode we were talking. What was the fucking episode in season one that I'm even referencing? By the way, <laughs> I don't remember uh, at this point. I remember being very forgettable. <laughs> yeah, it is very forgettable. Yeah, except for one. that you can make Among Us jokes about it. Um, yeah. Let me um, see here. That episode was. It was oh, lonely you, among <laughs> us. It was lonely among us. <laughs> How did we forget that? <laughs> I remember saying the name of the episode and you were like, seriously, is it is it actually called Lonely Among Us? You're making that up, right? Like, I think no. that's the actual only memorable thing about that episode. Uh, well, no, it also had the uh, 
the alliance guys and the um the other alien race that were eating each other remember on the ship oh i do remember that yeah that was good yeah the b the b plot in that episode owned <laughs> it wasn't even a b plot it was like a d plot it just happened very much in the background you just... <laughs> it had no connection yeah at all to the to the normal yeah, it was episode funny. it owned but this episode also owns i like this episode we talked about this already uh haste does not like this episode because he's a fool yeah no, it's fine it's fine it's fine i should it's say fine I to be wrong. I, again i like the fake picard stuff i just bleh, the other stuff bleh. i like i like picard doing detective work and figuring it out and i like the stupid food pellets that they get okay i did like the, the <laughs> i fake, love I, I love the fake klingon I, gingerly licking the food pellet <laughs> i did love jello hockey puck and i want one i bet it's good you could probably I bet make it's one. Not. It's it probably. Just... It reminds me of what's that Japanese food that's like a barely edible starch that people eat as like a diet food. Vegemite. No, it's <laughs> Japanese. Um, I, I'll I'll think of it later. Vegemite. <sighs> no haste. It's not vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway. So, the, so this episode opens with us being informed that the Enterprise has finished helping uh, to cure a plague on one planet, and they're going to rest for a bit before joining the USS Hood in a terraforming project on another planet. And we see Captain Picard is in his quarters just relaxing and lounging with an old book on his recliner chair, which looks like a really comfy chair, by the way. His, like, chaise. I guess. I, yeah, I love it. I want uh, one of them chairs. It seems... I would not, I, okay okay it looks comfortable i would not want one in my fucking room because think of how much space that would take up it's a pretty that's big room that's in about it and he does have a pretty big room that's true that is definitely true how could like the he, captain get such a big room because he's a captain he's the got fucking, a full living room area on the other side of the room and this chair i mean have we, that's have the we, life have we seen jordy's room he probably just lives in a closet <laughs> He lives in like have you, you ever seen the the tiny uh ships like a real ship uh rooms that have like a shower right at the top of them and a drain on the floor and then there's a bed right next to that. We, we that's where Jordy lives. And we have actually seen Data's room, and for some reason he does not live in a closet, a la Futurama. It's a nice room. I'm sure you, they all have nice rooms. It's a nice ship. You don't want to know what Jordy keeps in his room. Oh no. Pin up some uh, scientists, babes. No, if cars, obviously, he's obviously got cars pinned up on his. Can't room. believe cars the movie. I can't believe Jordy's a car porn guy. <laughs> like the literal kind. Uh, so, Show me that axle. So uh, Picard is dozing off, and this mysterious rectangle appears above him. <laughs> it's like a slab of, of concrete appears above him and scans him, and then he just dematerializes. And on the bridge, Data notices a strange surge of energy coming from his quarters, um, and Picard's not responding to Hale, so Worf immediately assembles the security team and they charge down there. We see Picard awaken in a strange room on a on a bed that's covered with like a black plastic carpet uh, with four beds facing each other. There's two other people in the room, like a pillar in the middle, and he's like, where the fuck am I? And he's getting no response from his comm badge when he tries to use it. And on the Enterprise, Worf rings the captain's door, and there's no answer, so he prepares to force his way in, when suddenly the door is opened, and Captain Picard's there, holding a, holding a book, or his book, and some brandy. You love yeah. brandy and drinking. Listen, drink. by the way, can I say, like, drinking alcohol and reading books, maybe it's just me, bad combination for actually following a book. <laughs> I... Yeah, you fell asleep right away. 
Exactly. Yeah. I guess maybe that's his goal. I don't know. He, he wants to relax and read a good book. He's probably read this book uh, 5,000 times. He's a, he's a nerd. He likes to know. just sit there and read probably his own book. A, probably a there's book a, of ships or some nerd shit. There's a lot of drinking in this episode. That's true. Way more than usual, I'm going to say. Well, and you notice it's always fake Picard who's doing the drinking, too. Hmm. That's strange. Very strange. Vicious. Yeah, well, we, we're not supposed to know that's fake Picard yet. We just know there's two Picards, and it's very mysterious. But but really, that's a fake Picard. It's pretty obvious. I mean, I the first like first time watching this episode, it's instantly obvious. Hey, it's me, fake Picard. I love the the ship. I love to fly. I love to drink and fuck the lady with red hair. Well, the first time, like initially, you can think like uh, it's like a Black Mirror kind of thing where they duplicated him, and like there's some other version of Picard living in this room with these four people. Uh, but like almost immediately when he starts to talk, it's like, oh yeah, that's not fucking Picard. That's some some yeah. stranger, some imposter. This guy's sus as fuck. Yeah. Anyway, we come back from the intro, and Picard continues to look around this strange room he's woken up in, uh, and he reaches for this Bolian woman. She's a uh, Bolians are blue blue skin, ridge in the middle of their face. You read a, a Bolian fact earlier, McFreeze, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it says here that. Although no substantial reason was given, details of the Bolian's inner workings were hinted at in the episode of Voyager, Bride of Chaotica. When power shortages affected the Voyager, Neelix warned Captain Janeway that there were only four functional lavatories for the 150 people on the ship, which was especially a problem because there were Bolians on board. I would like to know what this means. I'm sure we all would, and I'm going to theorize that they probably have a lot of bladders, the Bolians, the Bolian people. uh, I I think they take uh, big shits, is what I'm getting from it. Mm, I I was not thinking of shits, but I guess that makes more sense. Mm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this lady that's full of shit, Picard reaches down for her. She's in a Starfleet uniform, by the way, uh, with the, the yellow, the engineering core. And uh, checks to see if she's still alive by reaching for her throat to check for her pulse, which alarms her and wakes her up. She's alive. And she recognizes that he's a captain. And so he introduces himself as Captain Picard. And she introduces herself in turn as uh, Matena Haro, Starfleet cadet, fresh from the academy. Recently cut in half. What do you mean? What do you mean what I mean? She's got a vertical slice thrice straight through her. That's what bullions look like, Hayes. That's what they they have weird uh like hellraiser slices on their face. I guess so. That's just how the, that's just how their people are. I don't know why. <laughs> that's born, just how God designed them. Born in two halves. Yeah, and they just fuse together. Cool. <laughs> when they when they reach puberty, they just fuse together oh, that like that. Sounds cool. I want to see it. They they have a zipper. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like the stand in JoJo. Um, yeah, Zipperman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I couldn't think, legitimately could not think of the name of Zipperman. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. That's because it's the best name in the show. <laughs> it's so good. No, that would be Spicy Lady. I'm sorry. Oh. Spicy Lady is the best. What about Boy Man Man? Boy Man Boy, Man is Boy up Man there. Boy Man Man is oh, probably the best. I always that... forget about Boy Man Man until I hear about Boy Man Man. <laughs> <laughs> so there's someone else in this room with them by the way uh and he's got a wrinkly gray face and he is kova thal a mazarian and uh haro tells us that she's been there for three days uh, she was just studying and lost consciousness and arrived there thol has says he's been there for 12 days 
He was meditating and he lost consciousness for no reason and just also arrived there. But neither has seen their captors yet. Um, and Picard's like looking around at this pillar in the center of the room and he, he discovers these edible food discs we were mentioning that look like uh, soap bars, like hockey puck soap bars. And uh, and they tell him like, well, it's edible, but I wouldn't call it food. And Picard takes a bite to, to check like, yeah, I sure can eat this. It looks like jello. I want some jello. It doesn't jiggle as much as jello, though. It's like super gelatinized. It well, looks gross. Maybe it's store brand. That would be less gelatinized than regular, <laughs> than brand name. You pay for the extra gelatin in that brand name. Anyway, Picard examines also the panel near the door, which is like a weird numeric panel that's got a bunch of shapes and shit on it. And he uh, is trying to see if he can make it work. And Thole warns him off of it, saying that when he first arrived, he tried to like guess the combination, but was punished by uh, extreme pain from some kind of energy beam. And Picard's like, oh, that doesn't sound great. Uh, so on the Enterprise, back to the fun Picard, Captain Picard arrives on the bridge. He's arrived... Uh... He is fun Picard. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> He's informed that they're scheduled to meet the Hood in 36 hours, and he, uh, he asks Data where the closest Pulsar is. And Data's like, oh, well, that would be in the Lone Car Cluster. And he's like, oh, okay, Wesley, how long would it take to get there? And um, and Wesley informs him that at warp seven, it would take them 34 minutes. And Captain Picard says, oh, very good. And he orders them to head there, but at warp two. And Wesley's like, well, that, that'll that take 31 hours, Captain. And um, and Picard's like, yeah, yeah, that's great. And Riker asks him if, if they're delaying their meeting with the hood then. And Picard's like, yeah, we are, we are. So Riker tries to tell Worf to relay this to the Hood, but Picard cuts him off and belays the order, saying no one is to communicate off-ship without his express permission. And they're like, what the fuck? Hmm. Oh, all right. This um, is, and, wait a minute, this is just like some kind of conspiracy. Is there like an implied reason why fake Picard is doing this, or is this just like the copy, like just kind of doing things arbitrarily? Uh, well, they're testing a leadership and allegiance and that kind of thing. That's why the episode's called Allegiance. So the the aliens, that is. Uh, so they're okay. just like, so like they're pushing testing. the crew. Yeah, they're pushing the crew to the limits of seeing like how far they will follow Captain Picard while they're also fucking with P the real Picard in this room right. with these other people. Sure. Okay. I mean, they're being efficient with their with their experiment. Uh, so Picard calls uh, fake Picard calls Wrecker into his ready room to talk to him privately. And uh, he gets himself a cup of uh, hot Earl Grey tea and tells Riker that uh, this is one of those scenarios where he cannot disclose the details of the mission and what they're doing um, to Riker. So he hopes that Riker understands this and it won't cause too much trouble for him. Uh, but Riker assures, assures Captain Picard that like, oh, no, you can count on me and the rest of the crew. We're good. We, we, we trust you. I really wish they had him get like iced Earl Grey tea. No, because he's got the memories. I love all the little details like that. They're like, oh, no, I'm the real Captain Picard. I'm sitting here drinking this tea. I'm good. I'm all good here. <laughs> it's, so it's, isn't he drinking tea out of a wine glass, though? He always does. Kind of weird. It's always out of a glass. That's a real thing. Glass mugs. They look they're cool. Yeah, no, really cool. a, I want to get some glass mugs. This is a wine glass, though. It's not it, a mug. No, it was his weird like beaker glass that he always uses. Yeah, it wasn't a wine glass. Wine glasses oh, are like I'm, round and maybe I'm thinking of the the other time he's drinking Earl Grey hot. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. This one looks just kind of like a mug to me. He's trying to drink their mug. Dumb beaker glass. That's what he always uses. 
But anyway, back in the abductee room, uh, Picard is, yeah, they get some severe beaker glasses later in this episode. We'll talk about them. Uh, Picard (laughs) is tapping on one of the buttons on the door panel repeatedly, and Thal asks him what he's doing, and he's like, uh, he's just trying to let their captors know that they're intelligent. And Haro very helpfully explains, like, yeah, he's letting them know that we understand mathematics by tapping out the first six prime numbers repeatedly. Which, but, by the way, hi, Hayes. What are the first six prime numbers? One, two, three, five, and seven. Damn it. Ooh. <laughs> That's easy. That's an easy Ooh. question. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, one is not correct. Doesn't Ooh. count. Whatever. The aliens would know what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> it seems this creature is trying to communicate something. They'd be using all prime numbers, but they're using one. They must be idiots. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm trying to communicate. I don't remember what a prime number is. Isn't one? Neither do I. (laughs) No, it's uh, you know for reasons they don't. It doesn't count. Just technicalities, reasons. Because oh no, a prime number is a number that doesn't uh, have any factors except for one in itself. Hayes, that's what a prime Mm -hmm. number is. Yes. So one technically is that, but not that. I guess because one is one is one is one is one, and that's what the moral of the story is anyway this uh when i was a young person watching this episode as a little kid i was like oh that's really picard's really smart wow i never would have thought of that and i'm never going to if i'm ever abducted by aliens that i'm i'm concerned they think that i'm an animal uh i will never remember to do this but i'm glad that picard did it's like uh i don't know it's like uh it's like kind of what like what they did in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind sort of thing. Yeah, I don't remember that movie. It's like All I remember kinda, is the mashed took, potatoes. They took the signal and they uh, reoriented it somehow. I don't remember. It's been like 700 years since I saw that. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, uh, Thole thinks this is stupid, though, and he snaps at Haro to say, yeah, I already know that, but why, don't, why do you think that they don't know that we're intelligent? Of course they know we're intelligent. And Picard's like, we don't know that, dude. We don't know anything about why we were abducted, what our captors are like. We need to communicate with them. And, and so they, the three of them start to try to puzzle out why they could have been taken. And Haro's like, well, I'm just a Starfleet cadet. There's no reason for it to take me at all. And, and Picard's like, well, is there anything that you're like especially good at? And and she's like, well, I'm really good at field coils, but uh, they could also just take an engineer, <laughs> not a cadet. <laughs> and he's like, yes, that's a good point. And uh, he's like, well, but you're bullying. Aren't you guys enemies with uh, the Meropans? And um, and she's like, looking around, like, I don't, this doesn't look like Meropan technology. And also, if that was the case, why would they take you guys? And Fred's like, damn, you're right. That doesn't make any sense. And Thole's like, well, my people, stuff. my people have no enemies. And Picard kind of scoffs at him. And this is this is where you're wrong about the uh, these scenes, Hayes, because Picard points out that those people, the Miserians, have been conquered six times over the last 300 years. The Miserians, by the way. <laughs> I love the Miserians. And he's like, Dole is like, exactly. We survive by not resisting. <laughs> like Somebody comes to take over their planet and they're just rolling out the red carpet like, hey, how's it going up there? Don't kill I can't us. Believe, I can't believe they just didn't call them the French Aryans. Damn. Mm. Yeah. That's rude to the French resistance ace. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. I don't care. <laughs> I think that <laughs> ship has sailed. <laughs> Joel says he has no personal enemies either. Um, 
And while they're uh, while they're talking all this out, a fourth captive appears on the other bed, a large red kind of beast man with these little tusks on his mouth, who's kind of cute. I like him. This I love is him. my guy. Oh, I, I love this guy. He, he, I wish I could name him Jeff or something. I love this you guy. Could, you could call him Jeff if you wanted to. His name is not Jeff. It's like Esoc, but... He looks like a Jeff to me. His name has, according to the subtitles, his name ends in two Qs. So he's oh, wow. cool. He's like he's, from the 90s and cool. Yeah. He's like putting up his uh, his uh, fucking Craigslist li- listing with a uh, look with Qs. So, you know, it's eyeballs. Or was that eBay? I don't remember when people did that. Anyway, uh, he appears and he's also angry and he pulls out a knife on them. And, and Picard's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy there. Easy there. We uh, we mean you no harm. We're also prisoners just like you uh, brought here the same way you were. And he's like, I do not trust you. But Picard's like, no, we just want to go back to our own worlds as well. Calm down. It's fine. And he's like, you're, you're from Chalna, right? And uh, he's like, yes, you you know my planet? And Picard's like, yeah, I visited there a, lo- a long time ago. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> and that calms him down, so he puts his knife away. Uh, this The planet he comes from, uh, hair metal, is very much still in vogue. He's dressed <laughs> he's like He's got it. one fucking <laughs> mane on him. I love him. He's so he's, good. It's, it's, he's it's really so he's the he was my favorite part of the of the captives. He was my shining beacon. Yeah, he's better, he owns. better than the fucking Miserian. Yeah, Thul sucks. Everybody hates. We're all all my homies hate Thul and the Miserians. That's why Finally. everybody everybody keeps conquering their planet. They just want to beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> so back Finally. on the Enterprise, uh, the bridge officers are doing their poker game, which uh, brings me to an important question. Where the fuck is Chief O'Brien? We haven't seen him in weeks. He's repairing mm. the teleporter. We haven't seen anyone get teleported in a day or two, right? So No, they've had people being teleported and it hasn't been him. It's been <clears throat> other people manning the, That's true. the teleporter. He hasn't been around. I think the last they, time we, I think the last time we saw him was whenever he got beat up by uh what's his face? Oh yeah, in the hunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's looking his wounds still, you know. Oh, he's getting his—he's nursing his wounds. Yeah, oh, exactly. Poor Chief O'Brien. But this poker game is Riker, Geordi, Data, Worf, and Counselor Troy. And Picard knocks on the door, and they're like, "Whoa, Captain Picard! You've never come to one of these before. You—you know, you're welcome to join us." And he's like, "Oh no, I just—I uh, don't want to disturb your game. I'm just hanging out." Uh, but he asks Geordi, like, "Hey, uh, what's what's the engine efficiency right now?" And and Geordi somehow off the top of his head is like, "Oh, it's ninety-three <laughs> percent." <laughs> which which Picard's like, oh, that's that's very good. That's that's very good. But uh what if it was ninety-five percent? And Jordy's like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll get right on that. And he starts to leave the poker game. It's fucking workaholic, Jordy, dude. <laughs> Any excuse yeah. to get away from from not working to go work some more. <laughs> he just he's like, Yeah, I will just uh I'll just make the engine better. I'm gonna go press the engine better buttons. Be right he's back. gonna get his wrenches out and tune it up and uh, make it all efficient and stuff. That's what I picture, his little space and uh, wrenches. But Picard's like, oh, you don't have to do that right now. You don't have to rush. You know, there's, there's no hurry. And Jordy's like, ah, Lady Luck left me long ago. And so he just heads off. And they're like, oh, well, there's a there's an empty seat at the table here, Picard. You can join us. And he's like, no, no, I'll just, I'll just observe. Uh, which I, I thought it would have been much funnier if he had said that to Jordy just to get Jordy to leave so he could take his spot. Like, that's <laughs> really what he should have done. That would have been hilarious. Oh. That would have been, been a great payoff. Now, personally... <laughs> I can't believe a lady would leave Jordy. That's mm. mean. That's so mean, McFreeze. <laughs> Please, come on, come on. But where's the lie? 
no it's no yeah 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 <laughs> uh but um guard finishes this hand or i mean, watches this hand finish where uh troy wins she gets a she gets a flush and she wins the hand and he gives her a clap he's like applauding for her like yeah good job counselor troy and they're all like that's a strange reaction okay uh but he's like oh but i need to speak to you troy can i speak to you real fast um so he takes her out into the hallway <laughs> he starts turning like super weird and creepy all of a sudden he's just like hey uh does the crew trust me and and she's like yeah well he specifically asks like it has the crew uh been concerned about the changing course and uh she's like well no i mean they're curious but no one's concerned we trust you and and he's like okay well how far do you think that trust goes <laughs> and she gives him mm -hmm. a look like well what why are you asking this and he, and he's just like well, you know if, if the crew does start to turn uh and their trust starts to go you, you just let me know all right and she's like yeah yeah i'll do that and he's like yeah okay bye and walks away and she's just standing there like what the fuck something's not right with picard something's weird and he's acting sus and, I, I, and, and again, I, I like that he doesn't have like a really like super clear motive. He's just acting fucking weird. Yeah, that's all he's doing is owns. That's that's the whole experiment. He's just let's see how weird I can act before the crew does something. Yeah, totally. No, I <laughs> I, I think it'd have been like way less interesting if he was like purposely being sinister the entire time instead of just like being just off for for most of this. It's great. I, I really like yeah. that aspect of it. <laughs> Bizarre Picard, bizarre world Picard. Bizarro. Danny DeVito, Danny, DeVito, Danny DeVito saying, "I'm gonna get real weird with it," but it's Picard. <laughs> <laughs> he does get pretty weird with it. So back to the abductee room. The real Picard is filling in their new friend Isak, which means warrior. By the way, and we get we get Thal being like, "I bet half the names on Chalna mean warrior," and he's like, "Yeah, but all the names on my Zaria mean coward." Which like you got him, got him. yeah. That's pretty good. I don't know, <laughs> but Picard's feeling like Isak in on their situation and tells them that they're trying to figure out if they have any common enemy. Uh, but that kind of gets nowhere because Isak's like, uh, "Well, none of my enemies would capture me like this. They'd all kill me." But also, I have no enemies of consequence because I have killed all of them already. Face time, go off. Isak fucking owns, and uh, Isak and Thal bicker a lot, and etc. Uh, Thal turns the questions around to Picard. He's like, "Hey, why are you asking us all this? You know, like, uh, how long have your people been enemies with the Romulans?" And Picard's like, "Well, I'm willing to entertain the idea that the Romulans have captured us, but what would they want with the rest of you?" And Thal is like suggesting, "Well, I'm very smart, so that's probably why the Romulans would want me. Like, my people are very smart, and I'm known among my people as being very smart." But while he's saying all this bullshit, we see Isak uh, is investigating this food puck situation over here, and he's like, "What the fuck are these things?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, that's food." And so he's like looking at it with a weird look, and he gives it a, a cautious lick. He, he 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 like he's like dangling it above it, like next to him. He's like, what's this? And, and and then yeah, like he just like gives it this like gingerly like little lick and a little nibble, and then his eyes widen. He's like, this is poison. Yeah, he throws it on the floor, and I don't like. I always wondered, does is it actually poisonous to him, or does he just not like the taste? Does it matter? I I can't decide which one is good i think it, good. it's probably i don't know i, I think it probably is how poison. the episode goes it's probably not poison well it probably is actually poison maybe maybe it just is, tastes but... like a, like a nintendo switch cart to him 
Yeah. Oh, that's awful. That's awful. I don't blame him for throwing it on the floor. That's terrible. Exactly. But uh, but <laughs> Thal asks him, oh, so there's nothing here you can eat? And then he just, like, starts eyeballing Thal and walking over to him and, like, sniffing <laughs> him. And Thal's like, no, 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 no. Uh, help me, Picard. Picard. <laughs> and Picard's like, Isak, how long can you survive without food? And Isak's like, three, maybe four days, but no more. And like, damn, we got a time limit on this now. Before Thal gets eaten. <laughs> I bet he can make Thal last a while. Do oh, we get, so, do, do so we ever get an idea of how long they are they are actually in captivity? I mean, it's like a day, maybe, I feel like. I mean, okay. I assume I assume it's the same amount of time that fake Picard is on the ship, and fake Picard seems to be on the ship for about a day. Yeah, okay. I wasn't sure if like okay, if I missed like some like line somewhere where they're like, we were stuck there for like two weeks or something. Because it just no. they just have easily could have been like there for that long. Yeah, I think it's just like twenty four hours or something. Okay. okay. Speaking of uh, fake Picard, on the Enterprise, Dr. Crusher has been giving a full physical to Picard at his request, and all the results have come back normal and healthy. And she's, But she's like, normally I have to bother you to get your annual physical, and this is like a month early. And, and he's like, yeah, I thought I'd save you the trouble this time. And she's like, well, all right, that's fine. Uh, but when he's leaving, he's like, hey, uh, what, what if we, you want to go to dinner with me tonight? And, and she's like, oh, sure, at 10 forward. And he's like, uh, what if we go to my quarters, you know, someplace more intimate? And she's like, oh, all right. Okay. He's, hey, uh, doctor, he's making some you, it, it's interesting how quickly they picked this up. Like, obviously, like, you know, this is fake Picard, not real Picard. But um, it's, it's interesting how quickly this gets brought back. Considering all of season three so far is, I don't think it's ever really addressed uh, Crusher and Picard as an item. Not at all, no. Yeah, not at all. And then it's all nice. of a sudden we're back in full force, baby. Well, I, I like that uh, they're acknowledging it like this, though, too. Like, it's it's got to be somebody who's pretending to be Picard and has his memories to bring it up and not actual right. Picard, who probably feels super awkward about the whole thing since she's been gone for a year mm. or whatever. Totally. It's a, it's a good little meta detail. Hey, doctor. You want to go bone down? <laughs> <laughs> she's into it. She She says yes. <laughs> Oh, well, she, she doesn't does. actually say yes directly, but Picard takes what she says as a yes and walks away. So the captives are trying to figure out how to escape before Isak starves to death, all except for Thal, who refuses to help, saying that their captors have not mistreated them at all. And he's like, they've imprisoned you, Picard says, and Thal's like, that's fine. He has, they haven't hurt me. This is fine. We should be patient. Uh, and they're not, the rest of them are not going to be patient, though. Isak easily punches through the door panel and rips it off the wall. In a, in a way that looks like legitimately like really dangerous, like he could like cut his fucking hand open because he like he like drags his hand. Okay, so it's a glass panel, and whenever he punches it, he then like drags his hand across the outside of it, trying to tear it off. And it's like, bro, you can tear your fucking hand off. And his skin is made of leather. He's fine. Yeah, he's so. got very tough hands. Uh, but he pulls it off and Haro being the engineering student gets to work on trying to open the door saying, Oh, this will be easy. And she like shoves her hand right up in the wall and starts prying around and she gets the door to open just a little crack, but it immediately like slams shut and a, a device on the wall above it, a green light appears. And, um, that, that hurdy beam that Thal was talking about earlier makes them all fall to the floor in pain. Yeah, and and Thal's like, beam. I warned you. The hurdy beam. The, yeah. the, the the pain beam how does a how does a pain beam even work probably just like directly like tries to um 
set off your pain receptors, even if it doesn't do anything to you. It's just saying it's just telling your body you're you're feeling pain now. Oh, I don't like that. That sounds bad. That sounds yeah. good. Very it's, bad. Why you, it's why you don't fuck with a pain beam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the pain beam at all. Let's let's go instead to uh, dinner with Picard and Crusher. They're having Yay. drinks in his quarters out of the fucking Erlenmeyer flasks. We were talking about flask drinks. Oh my god, that that's is that what these are called? Erlenmeyer flasks. What are the really long, skinny ones? I think those are the Erlen. I'm not totally sure. Um, no, Erlenmeyer flasks are the ones with the um, triangly bottom. Yeah, right? the long, skinny. I think these thing. are just test tubes. Googling long skinny flask. Okay, no. So the Erlenmeyer ones are the ones where it's like a nozzle that kind of you know bottoms out to a larger part. Yeah, the triangle. Yeah, the triangle. You you knew what I meant. I know I know what you meant. I just couldn't think of it in my brain in my brainstem. For some reason, whenever I think of flasks, that's the only word that comes to mind because it owns. Yeah. Even though it's a very specific kind of flask, and this is not what they're thinking out of. When I, when I think of a beaker, I think of a single uh, width, like mouth, all the way down. Think about oh, beaker. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think of a uh, orange puppet. <laughs> that is true. Also, that is true. I'm looking this up. What is a long beaker called? Uh, Brazilius beakers. That sounds fake. <laughs> That's not it. It, that's There's what it no says way. right here on the Granger website. That's and they make real. lab supplies, so you know they're telling the truth. That's not real. They're, they're wrong. Beakers. They don't know their tall, own product. Tall form beakers, also called Brazilius beakers, are twice as tall as they are wide. Oh, these are even taller, though, the ones they're drinking out of. Anyway, they're drinking out of beakers. They're drinking wine out of beakers. <laughs> they are. And that's that's the whole story. Uh, but they're having a good time. And, and she's dressed so pretty. I really like her earrings. Where it looks like a kind of an oyster with pearls coming out of it, and then there's like a whole strand of pearls coming out of it. Yeah. Cool earrings. Meanwhile, Picard just came in his bathrobe. <laughs> he has pants on, but it's hard to tell when it's he's a, sitting at that table. It's a bathrobe. This it is, looks like he's just wearing a bathrobe. This is not appropriate, Mister Picard. <laughs> he's not. She he's doesn't not, have a problem with it. I mean, it's Picard. Honestly, like, how far is that from the, the real Picard? It's just a nice casual shirt. Um, it's very casual. Well, we might see more of that in t- the Fast second casual. episode today, mm-hmm. in fact. Uh, but um, they're just having they're having their drinks. And he starts to tell her that he's been thinking a lot lately about them and the choices uh, that they've made and the things that they've chosen to do and not to do. And I forget, is this is where they're sitting at the table? Is this where he tells her, too, that, uh, you know, I never said that I missed you or never welcomed you back properly to the Enterprise or whatever. Like th- that gets a mention too here, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, the, the the fact that they really haven't brought it up is it, it is cool that they address that with yeah. fake Picard. <laughs> yeah, but but he's getting a little flirty with her, and she's kind of yeah. flirting back, and he tells her that you know you're a very attractive woman, and she's like, well, and you're a very attractive man, but it isn't that simple. And so he looks at her and he's like, well, would it be that simple if I weren't your commanding officer? And she like thinks about it and she's like, no, I think even then it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that simple because I'm we've known each other for so long and I'm I'm happy with how our relationship is right now. I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to ruin that. Hmm. Uh, and he, he just kind of stands up and then uh, puts on some soft jazz and he's like, hey, you, you want to dance? And she's like, you don't dance. And he's like, oh, on special occasions. So they they start doing this real close, slow dance and they're moving in closer and closer to each other. And then finally, uh, and this actually might be where he says, like, oh, I never got to tell you how glad I am you're back on the Enterprise. 
uh and they finally kiss they give a little kiss not not like a long extended one but a pretty good kiss on the mouth yeah and after it she just pulls back and she's like if i didn't know you any better i'd swear you were playing games with me and uh he's like do you do you regret coming here tonight and she's like no i i don't and he's like i'm glad i'm glad you came tonight which uh phrasing but um <laughs> but then he like a light switch flips in his head and he's like but you know it's probably time to call it a night and he like walks over the door and opens it and then just looks at her <laughs> expectantly like all right time for you to time, go time to go we did and the she's thing like what the fuck and she walks out and she's like bewildered and he's just like she walks out to the hallway he says good night friendly and shuts the door and she's <laughs> left there like what the hell just happened what this is honestly this is really cruel this is really cruel of these aliens to fuck with uh tro- um dr crusher this way <laughs> <laughs> sorry two different poor, poor crusher poor beverly this sucks for her you know this is very confusing oh no. he, very funny, he was though. very upset at being friend zoned <laughs> It, would he have been though? I think he could have got her into bed if he pushed a little bit more. <laughs> I no, think not they were just about show. there. I think they were like ninety percent of the way there. What they kind of program do you think this is? They people can have sex. Remember, remember Troy's sex scene with the feet. You remember? <laughs> Look, there were there were other parts in there than the feet. But we just it didn't was mostly the feet. Yeah, Picard, it was Picard, the feet. They're, they're playing for uh, robot Picard is the blue ball. Every single member of the crew is to, to test their allegiance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would have been a much funnier episode. <laughs> Possibly problematic, but it would have been much funnier. I want to see like this. Riker, you're this... looking very good today. <laughs> That's a good impression. I want to see the where him uh, Picard trying to seduce Worf and how that would go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Worf, so... I hear you have a package for two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> All right. So the captives elsewhere are starting to turn uh, amongst each other, huh? <clears throat> and uh, as as Esok suggests that their captor might be among us, and <laughs> accuses Thal. He literally says among us, and Hayes said that we weren't allowed to say that during the episode. You're not but this allowed isn't to say Hayes's it. Podcast. It's my podcast. Fuck you. I'm, it. <laughs> I'm just so, kidding. It's I was so angry podcast. when I saw that line. I clapped. I was like, yeah, Among Us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was a really good name for that game for them to call it because it comes up so much in all fiction when there's an imposter. Like it's almost, it's almost as if that's a thing that's commonly said whenever there's an imposter on board <laughs> in TV. Yeah. Always. Always. That's genius. Uh but Isak accuses Thal. Um, he's like, I think it's you. I think you're the the imposter among us. <laughs> and Thal's like, what? That's stupid. I'm so peaceful and lovable. And I and instead he in turn accuses literally everyone else in the room. Like, I bet it's you, Isak. No, wait. I bet it's you, Haro. No, wait. I bet it's you, Picard. And so they, they take turns doing this around the room. And Thal and Isak try to, try to both turn the accusations on Picard. Like, yeah, maybe it's you, Picard. Uh, but one of the... Um, but Haro jumps into his defense, listing off some of his uh, previous examples of selfless heroism, which Picard is like, that's 
really weird and he's like yeah just like uh, on that that one planet which she he names the planet i don't remember what it was i don't remember the planet either but like well she names like one planet and he's like oh that's weird what if i fish this out and he suggests another one that she extra should not know about and she and like, she's like yeah yeah for- well you cured that plague and picard's like yes hmm. Mm. very suspicious hmm. Mm. so <laughs> maybe she just guessed yeah, she probably just guessed. Back to the Enterprise, though, where the real fun is happening. We learn in a Riker's log that Captain Picard has ordered the Enterprise to slow to half impulse while they're still 18 hours away from the Pulsar. And uh, it's getting a little weird now. But Riker and Troy are in 10 forward having drinks, and they're sharing their concerns about Captain Picard's behavior, saying, like, this is, uh, he's acting a little sus. I don't know. Being a little weird here. Uh, but he walks in to 10 forward behind them and, and they're like, oh, he's, he's here. And so he like walks in and greets everybody. He's all cheerful, walks up to Jordy, gives him like a really big clap on the back. He's like, yeah, the engine proficiency's at 96%. Let's get a round of applause for this guy. And Jordy's Yay. like, yeah, just doing my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he uh, s- says, you know, oh, well, when we arrive at the Pulsar, I'm going to need everyone at their best. And. He walks up to the bar and he uh, orders uh, some beers, some ales for Jordy. And then he's like, actually, let's make it for the whole bar. And he's like, this is uh, to my crew, my great crew. I love you guys. And everybody's like, yay, Captain Picard. Woo. Which, okay, him ordering the round of ales thing is raises a big question about how money works again. I know. I was thinking about that. They can just <laughs> replicate ale. Who's, who's... No. Don't worry about it. I, is it using energy credits to order the ales for everybody? Maybe I don't maybe, know. Maybe, 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 uh, uh, maybe. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name right now. Um, Guinan. Maybe Guinan special orders in like ales and special orders in hard alcohol. It's not replicated because because it doesn't taste like shit. Much like yeah. all replicated, maybe, the replicated alcohol. Maybe it's so how, actual how ales. It? How, how would they pay for they, it? How would they pay for it? Maybe they just trade shifts or something. Maybe they uh, <laughs> hard you know. labor. Hard labor. I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. How does okay? Apparently, apparently, I... there's money in DS Nine. He said there's like some kind of there's some kind of metal that can't be replicated, right? They don't use that on the Enterprise, though. That's absolutely not something that they use on the Enterprise. They do mm. not use gold pressed latinum on the Enterprise. Or do they? They don't. Why are they, they playing? Really po- why are they playing poker if there's no money? They play with chips. They play for chips. They don't play for money. But it's boring. It is boring. They're stupid. <laughs> they should play better games. <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I But also, like, if you think about it, that's also probably why nobody got that excited when he ordered a round for the whole. Like, there's a couple of people who are like, yay. I don't know. The guys in the background were pretty happy about it. They were just drunk already. They're like, yeah, I'm a beer. We love Captain Picard. But Captain Picard does this toast, right? And he's standing at the bar and he's like, you know, back uh, back when I was in the Academy, whenever we did a toast, we'd always follow it with a song. And he fucking starts singing this old like sea shanty drinking song and walking around the bar trying to get other people to sing with him. And uh, Riker and Troy are looking at each other like, oh, my God, he is not Picard. <laughs> I love Picard would this. never do this. It's really good that... Worf, Worf and Jordy 
are start singing along, but they're like looking at each other like, huh? huh? And Jordy doesn't know the words, which is even better to me. <laughs> he, yeah. he, like, he like starts out, he's like, whatever. He's like, as his card walks away, he's like, all right, enough of that. And Jordy walks over to sit with Riker and Troy, and he's, he's like asking Riker, what is Captain Picard's problem? <laughs> like, what is going on with him? And Riker just says, that's no Captain Picard I knew. I bet it's Captain Picard. That would have been a funny twist if it was actually Captain Picard. (laughs) Yeah, I was just testing you to see what would happen if I was cool. (laughs) Is is it really cool to drive a ship into like a radiation field? Yeah. Into into a a sun. He's into into a a sun, yeah. It's exciting. Can you bring us in a little bit closer, Mr. Crusher? Uh, Data's like, sir, we we will die. That's, that's fine. A little bit closer. Keep Don't going. be a stick Just... in the mud, Wesley. <laughs> uh, so Riker has the senior officers uh, meet in his quarters, uh, and they all discuss Captain Picard's behavior, exchanging stories that uh, that have happened recently, and they're all all the odd behavior. And Doctor Crusher mentions that he did come in for a physical, and that it perfectly matched his results from his last physical. Which he says, "Well, that's a little unusual in itself." But then she also is kind of like, "Well, but didn't he ask me to dinner?" And things were re- really weird very strange she doesn't go into details but she's like that was, it was odd he had real and big fuck vibes but he, we did not fuck it was fucked up you see he was kind of playing some games with her uh and and troy um troy's like well i don't detect anything strange about him like there's no psychic influence and and they're all like well there, there's some gotta be something like there's gotta be some kind of influence and data's like well we never did explain that energy surge in his quarters yeah they and do we- totally just like forget about that up until data brings it up and then they forget again yeah, they don't never look into it again. But that was in the cold open. Who can remember? That's true. It was so long ago. And that Worf sitting over in this chair, like being the total square that he is, he's like, none of this justifies mutiny. And Riker's like, shut up, Worf. No one was talking about mutiny yet. We're just, we're just, you know, keeping our eyes open because this is. <laughs> I love that the arc for that is just so. Finally, Worf on his own can do a mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> He has he has to see for himself and make the decision and realize that he doesn't want the entire ship to die before he's like, okay, I guess we can mutiny. <laughs> uh, but the captives, uh, meanwhile, have sat Picard down and they're demanding he prove that he isn't their enemy or a captor of theirs. And he says, I can't. That's stupid. None of us can. None, we can't prove we're, who we're not. And, but he's like, we're not going to get anywhere, though, if we don't try to trust each other. And so he walks over to the door panel to try to disarm the stun mechanism. On the Enterprise, though, where the fun Picard is, they've finally arrived at the Pulsar. And Picard is on the bridge, uh, orders them to fly within 20 million kilometers. So Riker was telling Worf, like, okay, Worf, adjust the shields to compensate for the energy. And Data was warning Picard that the shields will uh, only protect them for about 18 minutes that distance. And Picard's like, okay, I understand. Yep, I got that. And so Riker asks to speak to Picard privately at this point. And in the ready room, he's like, all right, I have to know what the mission is here at this point. And, and Picard's like, no, I don't have to tell you that. I don't, I don't have to tell you shit. And Riker says, you're leaving me no choice than to take command of the ship because you're, you're endangering the ship and the people on it. And Picard's That's... like. What a stick in no. the mud. Oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want the people on the ship to all die. He's what a wiener. <laughs> I love Riker says you're endangering this ship for no reason and he's like ah oh, no reason you're aware of because <laughs> he won't tell you he won't he won't Body tell him. 
It's good. Well, I really love too that like Riker is threatening to mutiny right now. And Picard's like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, would you think there's really enough evidence to support this claim at a, like a tribunal later? And Riker says, no, but I can't just let you kill the ship. And Picard literally just gives him the brush off and is like, well, I think actually you're the one who's been under stress and acting strange, Riker. I think you need to you need to go get a physical and I'll, I'll let this whole matter go if you leave right now to go to sickbay for a physical. It's my gaslighting <laughs> king. Yeah, nothing happens from it. Like Picard <laughs> just walks out of the room and ignores him. And Riker's standing there like, what the fuck? It owns. He's got it's, more pranks to do. He doesn't have time for this. It's, he's got to go kill the whole crew. But um, elsewhere, the real Picard is using Isak's knife to disable the stun beam above the door. And they're all working together. And it's team teamwork and camaraderie. And uh, has Haro try to open the panel again. And this time, she she manages to get it open a crack again. But she says uh, it stops. And she says, oh, I think I overloaded it. So Picard and Isak begin to try to force the door open, but they can't quite get it. So they're like, oh, we need your help. And he's like, ah, fine. And he, he's like, I think this is a mistake, though. And he rushes over. And I guess the uh, Mizarians must be very strong because as soon as he comes over, the door pops open and reveals a metal wall behind Yay. the door. Yay! It was all for nothing. Yeah, it was good. I love prank doors. So on the bridge of the Enterprise, Data reports that the number four shield has failed. And so fake Picard orders them to take the ship uh, into 10 million kilometers. And Data's like, uh, sir, at that distance, the ship will fucking explode. <laughs> and Picard's like, yes, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. We're going to we're going to walk in there. And so Riker belays the order. He's like, OK, that's it. We're fucking done here. And Picard's like, all right, well, you're relieved of duty. And then he orders Worf to escort him to his quarters. And this is where Worf has his crisis of conscience where he looks at Riker and he looks at Picard and he's like, ah, crap. And he just puts his hands behind his back like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, I like that he came and like bring himself to like refuse the captain like directly. He just kind of puts up a stand. Yeah, he's like, I'm just not. I'm I'm simply going to stand here and not do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Picard orders to him to again, and Worf continues to refuse, and and following Riker's orders to not do that. Like Riker's like, yeah, don't do that, Worf. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't put me in my quarters. Uh, but Picard warns, warns Riker that he's destroying himself and anyone who would foolishly follow him. And Riker tells him that uh, he has displayed none of the captain's concern for the ship or her crew. And Riker orders Wesley to pilot the ship away from the Pulsar at full impulse. Um, and Wesley's like looking around like, uh... poor, poor Wesley is so confused. <laughs> poor right baby now. has no they idea what to do. They didn't yeah. allow him in the grown-ups meeting. And he's just like, what's they really, going on? They really should have clued him in. I, on the other hand, it's fucking Wesley. He probably would have tried to do something <laughs> about it. So Probably. You know. He probably would have been like, I'll just go talk to Picard. And then he'd be dead. <laughs> Like I'll show Picard my new invention where I can scan his brain. <laughs> they didn't want Wesley to save every day, so they didn't tell him about it. But yeah, uh, Wesley eventually decides uh, to follow Riker, Riker's orders and uh, takes him away from the Death Star. <laughs> not not the literal Death Star, the, the, the Star of Death. That they were the star that was going to kill them. You know what I'm trying to say. I can't anyway, believe there's finally a crossover between Star Wars and Star Trek. <laughs> finally. We finally got there. Uh, so in the captive room, no, that was, that was fucking, that was the last episode, Sins of the Father. Remember Picard's Star Wars robe? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, we just had the Star Wars crossover. What was it? Oh, yeah, Picard's good fucking robe when he was on uh, Planet Kling. 
I think we already saw uh, Picard's fucking robe while he was with uh, Crusher earlier. That's a different hey. robe. That's a different <laughs> robe. Uh, so in the captive room, Thol and Isak are bickering once more, and Picard is like, "All right, I'm done playing. I'm this is boring now. I'm sick of this shit." So he like looks pointedly at Haro and explains, "Uh, we are not captives, but rats in a lab maze." We are part of an experiment with pieces designed to go wrong and turn uh, turn us against each other. And the only thing we have in common is how we all react differently to authority. We have our, our fucking pushover over here, Thal, and we've got our anarchist, uh, Isak, who's cool as hell. <laughs> and we got me, who is actually authority. We, I'm an actual captain. And then we got you, Haro, who's uh, supposed to follow that authority. And so after his lengthy explanation for why he knows this is all an experiment, he turns to Haro and he says, and you've been observing us this whole time. And she's like, what? No, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm innocent, boss. I'm innocent. <laughs> just, just like that. And <laughs> he's like, no, I tested you because it was strange to me that you knew about Mintaka 3. So I brought up this other planet, which was supposed to be classified secret by Starfleet and no cadet would ever know about it. And she's like, ah, damn. So she drops the pretense and, and she says he's correct. And then she like splits off into three different aliens. It, it, they do like the um, it's like every sort of like 80s TV or movie, like wispy hand drawn animation. Whenever she splits apart, it looks really funny where it's just like she explodes. And then it's like these little embers going woo woo, woo until it ends up into three people. It's really funny. I like it. It's a good effect. I feel like, uh, I guess, I don't know. I didn't know that. How did, I don't know how they fit three of them in her, but uh, there's three aliens here. Don't take here. that out of you context. Don't take, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, that actually, it leads into what I was going to say next, though, which is, what are these aliens wearing? This is like the weirdest, horniest outfit I've ever seen an alien wear. It's got, what? they're like laced up all the way from their crotch. Like, yeah, did yeah. you notice that? It's no, bizarre. Don't they, have like, don't they have like little cod pieces too? Or am, I, am I making that? No, it's, it's just laces. It's, well, I mean, I, it kind of looks like they've got some kind of like unitard underneath it, but at the same time, they also could just be naked under there and it could just be laced up all the way from their uh, cod pieces. Because, yeah, they do have little like, uh, I wouldn't say they're cod pieces. I think that's just the actor's penises, but, <laughs> hmm. you know. Mm hmm. One of them turns around and he's got a lot of uh, butt definition as well. Yeah, they're just very oddly horny, but they also have really big heads and uh, nostrils. And I'm looking at them now and they, they're just, uh, they're very alien looking. They look like you would, like an alien. But they say uh, that they're studying, they were studying them because they wanted to know more about how other aliens interact. And uh, they replaced all of them with body doubles, which they're all like, oh, you couldn't replace me with a body double? What? Uh, complete with copied memories, because they have to, the technology to do that. You mean and there's so a copy of me on my... Sorry, you think... You mean there's an imposter of me on my ship? <laughs> Thank you, Ace. He says the thing. I, I really like your uh, Picard accent. I gotta say, it's, oh, it's a good you. impression. <laughs> um, but but they're like, uh, yes, but he's been discovered because Riker, uh, Riker figured it out and, and took control of the ship back. And we know this because we're telepathic and we know everything that all of us know at any time. Because we're very cool. And like you guys who suck and have to communicate verbally. Uh, but he's like, well, we'd like to pursue this experiment further, but since it's now tainted by you knowing about it, I guess we just have to take you back to your homes. And so, like, all of them put a hand on the shoulder of the of the people in the room, and they all disappear. Yep. So, it, it, but we're not done. You'd think that would be the end of the episode, but oh, Picard, no. has, Picard has to own these nerds first. 
Yeah, he has to prove he's still the fun Picard by, uh, by doing this <laughs> prank. So Picard and the alien arrive on the bridge of the Enterprise where, where Riker is confronting fake Picard. And, and Worf, like, immediately readies his phaser, but uh, the real Picard is like, no, no, calm down. It's okay. It's okay. And, and the alien goes over to stand by fake Picard. They kind of nod at each other. And then uh, fake Picard reveals himself to also be an alien with the, the horny outfit. And the two stand in the middle of the bridge and Picard like shoots a glance to Riker and is asking the aliens like, why did you even want to study the concepts of leadership and authority anyway? Like all angrily. And they're like, well, because, you know, our, our species doesn't have concepts like leadership or authority. So we wanted to understand it better. And so we just uh, kidnapped all of you, you know, and it's fine. We didn't hurt you or anything. And Picard's like, you can't just kidnap people and run them through experiments. It's immoral. You shouldn't be doing that. And they're like, we don't see what the problem is. It's fine. We're just learning. It was really easy to do. So we just kind of did it. Yeah, we didn't. Just, you didn't say no. <laughs> so we just took you. Uh, but he's he's been walking in a circle. Meanwhile, Riker has also shot glances to uh, to Data and to Worf. And they're all like, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. So Picard sits back down in his chair and he's he says, uh, and, and while they're saying like, but we do want to study this uh, concept of human morality more. It's very intriguing. Hmm. And Picard just like, Mr. Worf, now! And Worf hits a button, and, and the two of them are trapped in this fucking <laughs> big force field. And they panic. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's really funny. You, um, you'd have to be well, there. They, they, you, well, it's because they're just like, you, you know, they're acting like this like superior race this entire time. But the second that they get surrounded by a force field, they're just like, oh, huh? Huh? They, they don't no, know how to handle it. They don't know how to address this at all in any capacity. They're just shocked yeah they're well, like pan they're like panicking and they're constantly tapping it like ah how do we get yeah, out they're, of here they're like stupid dogs because they like keep getting zapped every time they like touch it <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean maybe this time it's like sub pavlov or something <laughs> it's, it's good because the car's like ah you guys were stupid you didn't know that we can exchange information just by a glance i'm like what what in that glance told him to activate the pink field that we've never seen before? You just don't know how personal they're, their connection is. They're extremely well trained on the Enterprise crew. They do these kinds of drills all the time. You just, yeah, you don't see it, but they, they do it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love this scene. Uh, but they're like, oh, we can't handle confinement. And Picard's like, well, how do you think the rest of us felt? You dummy and they're like what are you why are you doing this we didn't hurt you and he's like is imprisonment is injury and maybe you guys need to learn a damn lesson so he like sits there and just watches them struggle for a minute <laughs> and then uh, uh finally uh he says okay you can let him go now Worf, and um lets him out of the field and he says and maybe that'll make you think twice before you do this fucking experiment shit again and get off my ship and he's also warns them further, like, we're now aware of your base and we know how to trap you. And they're like, oh, God, let's leave. And they leave. They just vanish away. That's kind of a heel thing to say, really. <laughs> I think it owns. <laughs> like, no, it's threatening. good. He's threatening these aliens from ever fucking with humans again. Like, we'll just trap you in the stupid pink force field again. <laughs> Come back here. Uh, so Picard orders Wesley to reunite them with the hood at warp eight. And they're like, oh, we're so glad to have you back, Picard. And he's like, oh, it's good to be back. And he asks Riker for a status report on how things are going with the crew. And Riker's like, oh, the crew's great. Everything's great. Uh, and Picard ask him, asks him about the imposter. And he's like, it was, so it was really hard to tell it wasn't me, huh? And Riker's like, well, at first it was. But, you know, I just, uh, and, and Picard's like, what? What happened? And Riker's like, 
I didn't know you could sing that well. <laughs> and Picard gives him this look of like horror. Uh, singing? What? Well, uh, <laughs> that's not singing. That's that, that's that's not as funny as whenever Crusher comes onto the bridge. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Crusher walks onto the bridge, and she sick, takes her seat next to Picard on the bridge and gives him this glance, like <laughs> it's like, Ooh. "Hi, how are you doing over there, Picard?" And he also hey, is like tugging, he's like tugging his collar now, like, "What happened? <laughs> what happened, like, what while, the fuck I happened while I was gone? What the fuck?" Uh, uh, and he'll unfortunately never know womp, the end. Womp. Oh, I can't believe uh, report, but I can't believe Riker didn't make a comment like, "Well, you know, Picard, I always knew that you were suspect." <laughs> he should have. If, if this show that. had been made in 2022, you can promise promise that he would have. <laughs> anyway, it's a good episode. It's fun. It is. It is. But you know what's also a good episode? What is also a good episode? Called uh, it's called Captain's Holiday. Captain's Holiday. McFreeze is is chomping at the bit to talk about Captain's Holiday. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we are going to talk about Season 3, Episode 19, Captain's Holiday. And we are going to meet a very special lady. Oh. And Mm. a very special planet. So stay tuned. An important planet. I ate a big old Mexican hamburger before this, and I feel a little bloated. What the heck is Mexican hamburger? Okay, well, you take a hamburger, right? Okay. And you put some, you t- put some refried beans on it, and you wrap uh-huh. it in a tortilla, and then you smother it with chili. That makes sense. Yeah, it's good. I don't know if you need the chili. You got to uh... you, you gotta smother it in green chili, dude. That's required. Oh, green chili, not, uh, not, not the not, soup. Yeah, not chili con carne. What's this now? This is, I'm talking about Mexican hamburgers. I love Mexican food. That's all I got to offer to this conversation. This is not Mexican food. <laughs> this is sort of Mexican it's food. Not. It's got beans and tortilla and cheese. What do you want here? This is like a Taco Bell Mexican pizza. We're going to be talking about season three, episode 19, Captain's Holiday, which uh, we're going to be introduced to a little bit of uh, maybe a Vosh the Stampede. Anybody? Anybody? Vosh the God Stampeded. What? No, no, you can't say that. Even though what? it's true. What? It's true. It's happened. It happened. it happened in the show. I don't mm. remember that. I think it's a euphemism for another kind of stampeding. People wanted to fuck Picard so hard in this episode. I didn't even even when he didn't have his fertility statue out. You barely even saw Picard's feet. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> what were they? Were they there at all? I don't remember seeing. <laughs> I wasn't looking for them though. I guess uh, they were probably there. Hey, if there's there. a stampede, there's got to be feet. You know. Mm, mm, I'll allow it. Anyway, this episode ends. Uh, this is the first time we get to go to the planet Riza. Which is a wonderful uh, paradise planet. Mm-hmm. I think this episode actually had more skin than justice, which seems like an impressive feat. There were so many yeah. butt cheeks, dude. There were many- so many butt cheeks. Like you, you could even see Patrick Stewart's butt cheeks at one point. Yep, you could. And there's that like one opening shot of just like a thirty second pan on that woman's body. Yeah. yeah. That oh, that whole pan was so good. I'm gonna just describe that right now before we get into the actual episode because I wrote this all down. Uh, 
So the camera shows this pan of this woman sleeping in this yellow bikini, just like this slow pan of her whole body. And then it cuts away and you see this couple uh, on a lounge chair making out. And in front of them, this woman walks by. She is not wearing a top. She's just wearing a plastic vest. Yes. that's see-through and the camera zooms right in where her nipple would be which she's got pasties on i mean it's television it's not they're not gonna show you the but but the camera went right into her boob <laughs> it was a I, great shot well the the punchline of that entire shot is then picard just huddling over a book being like oh these fucking naked people i just want to read my <laughs> my sophistry i've never seen john luke picard say bah humbug so many times <laughs> He hates vacations. That was the, the, the important Picard lore. This episode is Picard fucking hates going on vacation, and and they have to force him. Well, to go to this like, fucking paradise. He likes vacation because to go into stupid book world. No, you can do he that can, at home. He can. Re- he's always reading his stupid books. He's got yeah. them in his house. That's true. I I mean I mean what's the that detective called? He wants to be in that book world. Oh, that one, yeah. Oh, fuck, Dixon Hill. Dixon Hill, that's the guy. Yeah. That's the that's the fella. Yeah, Columbo. Yeah, I really like as part of the trying to get Picard to go on vacation. Uh, he's just telling Doctor Crusher, "I guess I could take a few hours in the holodeck," and she's like, "Screw the holodeck! You need <laughs> just, to go somewhere real." I I was like, it's like holodeck. I guess I hate being on the holodeck. I'm never on there. I've never been seen on the holodeck having fun. It has never happened. I like when the writers occasionally remember that he likes to ride horses and write that in, and every other time they forget that that's a thing. It's like he could easily go to the holodeck and ride a horse, or he could he could have found a planet that has like horse riding and just gotten horse riding on for real. Yeah. What kind of horse budget do you think we have on this show? That's true. Well, it would have been in not this episode. I'm just saying in general <laughs> that Picard could theoretically pick a vacation that he would like. Like it's a very big universe out there. The only budget we had for this episode is for babes and babes everywhere. I think they probably spent a lot on this episode because did, did you notice the costumes? They kind of went all out with like Picard was wearing like four different outfits in this. Did you, did you like his semi frilly dress or, or dress what shirt? What the fuck was that shirt, dude? It was amazing. I wrote, down, I wrote down, I think in my notes, what the hell is Picard wearing? <laughs> it, it was like it was like half a frilly shirt, half a dress shirt. Like I don't know what was happening with that thing, but I loved well, it. They didn't spend, I know they didn't spend as much as they could have because all the beach towels were just from Walmart or something. Well, yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Make beach towels from scratch for the show? Yes. <laughs> Out of space material. <laughs> they they tried that and they had to end up reusing it for the costumes for the Vorgons. <laughs> the nice carpet suit people. All we right. love them. Uh, should we mm-hmm. talk about the episode from beginning to end? Maybe if we have to, I don't know. I like just talking about bits and pieces randomly, but it's probably harder to listen to. <laughs> we already uh, talked about Patrick Stewart's bits and pieces. Let, let, let's get through the, the start of this episode. is very brief, even if it is like the opening five minutes. It's just people saying Picard, we're tired of your unhappiness. Yeah, basically, Picard and Troy were just on a on a uh, negotiation, negotiation, and yeah. it was really exhausting, I guess. And they get back, and Picard's like a big grump puss, and they're like, "Man, he needs a vacation." <laughs> This guy's got to get out of here. I, so. It's really good, though. The thing is, even if it's the same thing over and over, it's always good. It is good. Yeah, he gets he gets it from pretty much everybody. But my favorite was when uh, he goes. OK, no, my, my, my favorite. 
is when he's uh, on the fucking turbo lift and Riker comes in. He's like, hey, Captain, have you decided where you're going to go yet? And he's like, I sure have. Number one, bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah, Riker's like, hey, you know, I know this really great place. You know, it's called Riza. You know, it's got a beach. Uh, it's got the sun. And then, and then Picard's like, yeah, yeah, the women. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know you, Riker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Riker, I, you know, there's a lot of jokes about Riker being the horn dog, but that really has not been represented in the show that much. Like, you know, he's he's with the ladies, but he's never depicted as like, come on, Picard, the women, the women. But here he is just full on parody of himself. raving about these women on Ryza. Multiple occasions before he even leaves. Well, and is he wrong, though? Because we did see Ryza, and boy, he's not wrong. There's a lot of women there, and they show a lot of skin, and they sure want to hang out with you. Is the implication that they're, like, natives there, or just sexy women love Ryza? Is that is that what it is? I don't really know. Uh, I think it was, most of them were employees, probably. I think it might Uh-oh. honestly be a, a giant Uh-oh. brothel. Well, no, that <laughs> one lady introduces herself to Picard as an employee. She's like, oh, I'm employed here. Is there anything right. I can get you? And he tells the, tells her that she's like the fifth woman that's asked him. So I assume he's just been uh, a bunch of employees have been coming up to him and being like, oh, you want to fuck? <laughs> oh, man. That's the kind of place Ryza is. I love and, problematic And we love planet. it. Yeah, hey, It's not problematic. It's just, uh, you know. Uh, They're very sex it's, positive it's, it's just on a, Ryza. It's a, it's a no strings attached planet, you know? So, and the implication is that there's no money in the Federation, right? So there's just, I guess yeah. they just love doing it. There's more power to them. Well, they don't just serve the Federation, though, as a thing. Well, I thought all Federation planets were just kind of part of the same deal. I guess not. I don't know. I guess, I guess we don't well, know. It doesn't have to be a Federation planet. That's true. I guess that, that, whole, that whole sort of deal. You, you know, I guess technically they wouldn't have to be a Federation planet to not have currency or whatever. Because uh, what was that one planet that was like trying to join the Federation? They were all about like you know power and currency, whatever like whatever sort of government they had all set up. Like yeah, the, uh, the asshole planet, the asshole suit planet. Um, oh, the, the, the butt in the planet hard, hunted. Yeah, yeah and... in the Die Hard episode. Um, I guess like you can just, I, I I guess you can keep your your government structure. You just have to like pay you the fucking federation fee or whatever the deal is i have no idea how it works i'm gonna be honest and i'm not sure that the show does either yeah because like i assume it's not just like is it a club you just get invited to do you have to pay a fee or is it just like i I don't know i figured you have to you have to like offer something to the federation it's like a european union kind of deal but also they get new members in because they just expand Mm. europe the european union union is like heavy taxing involved with it doesn't it not am i making that up i don't know shit about that shit i'm gonna be honest i don't know anything about government <laughs> presumably you have to like um you know prepare to defend the federation if they you know get beaten up by the borg or whatnot Sure. I also I assume know. I assume there's some sort of stupid like thing where it's like if you want to be part of the Federation, you have to contribute culturally. You have to use your laser pen to paint the Mona Lisa or some shit every year. Yeah, every single year. That's what you have to do. That's exactly to, that. This is to, a weird arrangement you got. Here. <laughs> they really well, like the I, Mona I figure Lisa within paintings. 
I, I figure within the Star Trek logic, it's like you have to like you know you're you have to offer something to the Federation, whether it be monetarily, military, or culturally, or some shit like that. I wouldn't be surprised if it's exactly like that. I feel like I get the impression that the Federation is actually very inclusive to members that it feels like will uphold its values. And I think that's the, that's the key test there is they want to make sure that people aren't going to be like big warmongering assholes. Okay. Uh, and that's, yeah, if, if somebody's like, if, if the planet has the same ideals and is uh, like kind of at the same sort of uh, technological evolution phase as the Federation, I feel like they're like, yeah, yeah, you can come in. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know. That's just the impression I get from all of the Star Treks that I have watched. Uh, but the, the currency thing is not ever clear. And this episode also raises a lot of fucking questions about it. I bet if you watched Voyager and be fully educated, we'd know this by now. I bet it's all spelled out in Voyager. They, they aren't even near the Federation in Voyager. They're in the fucking Delta Yeah, but what if, what, if, what if, like, some episode, they're like, hey, Jamie, how does the Federation work? And Jamie is like, you idiot, I'll tell you how. <laughs> I don't think that happens. <laughs> now, really, if I if I'd watched Enterprise, where they're founding the Federation, oh, I want to watch Enterprise. It looks so bad. It's Did probably we... fine. It's been I a bet, long road. I bet it's better than Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Scott Bakula in it. We love Scott Bakula. I love Scott Bakula. I should watch Enterprise. Well, you all won't right. after this. Oh, I'm just kidding. Scott all right, Bakula. so. Riker is insanely horny for reason women. Uh, oh, right. We're that. talking about this episode. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing that. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Riker wants to fuck the women. But they, they exit the hololift, uh, holo, holodeck, the turbo lift. They exit turbo the turbo lift. lift and, um, and Picard kind of gives Riker the brush off saying like, like yeah, it sounds great, but I'll, uh, it'll have to wait because uh, the ship's going to be maintained and I have to oversee the repairs personally. Which is the most bullshit thing, and everybody knows it. I bet but he Troy, loves it. Troy overhears this though, and she uh, starts to like scheme and say, "Like, oh, Riker, guess what? I just heard my mother might be coming on board when we go to Starbase 12. Ew. That's right. She's gonna rearrange her schedule so she can spend lots of time with us." I like that. Uh, I like that Picard is alarmed for like point one seconds before realizing it's just a fucking ruse. Yeah, I love it. What well, I love that he's like, okay, Riker, can I talk to you in my ready room? And they walk off, and Troy does this little victory dance, like, yes, he fell for it. <laughs> <laughs> but Picard is just to Riker, like, does everybody on the ship know about this shore leave shit? <laughs> like, is everybody going to be bothering me about this? And Riker's like, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So he's like, fine, I'll take a stupid vacation. Jerks. It's it's rude to push him into taking a vacation, frankly. He should want to do it on, of his own accord. He was really cranky, though. He needed to be pushed, I feel like. Why, why, what's wrong with like would, would uh, him just like watching over repairs or maintenance not be like meditative to him? I bet he'd be into that. But that's enough for Picard. I don't know. I the, Dr. Crusher disagreed, and she wanted him to go on vacation. And she's the doctor here, so I that's believe true. her. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Mm -hmm. You're right. Uh, so Picard is packing for his trip with uh, Riker and Troy. And this is where he's wearing this stupid fucking shirt. I hate it. You know what it's actually like is like, um, do you know the shirt salsa dancers wear? Where they're like half yes, frilly? Yes, yes. Except it's got more pleats. It's got like more vertical pleats than those shirts. It just, it looks awful. I hate it. Look, it. it looks like it. it would feel really good to rub it though. Yeah. Yeah. I want to feel it. It just doesn't need the pleats is the thing. 
That's what bugs me, the horizontal pleats. Like, you don't fucking need that in a shirt. <sighs> anyway. Oh, That's and we great. didn't... We did not mention how this episode actually opens, too, with uh, the actually show Riza, and we see the planet, and people are, like, hanging out and it's in Beachwear, having a good time, and then mm-hmm. we see these two aliens with wrinkly faces uh, that have carpet outfits. What are they wearing? I it's don't like, know. I joked they earlier got... that it was like they tried to make their own beach towels, and that they ended up making it into this outfit, but that's what it looks like. It looks, well... like, really stiff and... Furry and they're the top parts look like a wedding cake upside down, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Okay, got layers, mm-hmm. and they've got weird reflective things on them, and their heads are like a uh, space cuttlefish. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're weird guys, you know. They, they are weird guys, but they uh, they appear on on Riza. This is again before all this happened on the beginning of the episode. Uh, it's just worth mentioning, but um, but they're looking for Picard on the planet, and the, the Riza computer is like, "Oh, there's no one here by that name," and they're like, "Well, when is he due to arrive?" And they're like, "There's no one coming by that name," which it's kind of weird. This must be a Federation planet that there's absolutely no security about this at all. Yeah, <laughs> at one point they uh, included one point, so people just get into uh, Picard's room because it's completely un- unsupervised. Like what? Yeah. They, well, they teleported in probably because they they just do that. But that's you know what that's entirely true. But uh, also, I feel like they could have just walked in there too, and nobody would have said anything, and the door was not locked and yeah. all that. <laughs> and whose fault is that? Uh, Riza apparently. I don't think they have locks on their doors in Riza. You'd think they would no. with this kind of planet, but I don't think they do. It's a, they 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 encourage orgies. They're doing everything they can to make the orgies happen. Anyway, that happened. So uh, back to the future where Riker is, uh, or Picard is getting dressed. I mean, packing. I might be having a stroke this episode. I apologize. (laughs) Um, But but Troy and Riker are just hanging out with him while he's packing. And Riker's giving him a hard time about all the books he's bringing down. And he's like, well, I might need some light reading in case I get bored. And Riker's like, "Uh, you're bringing Ulysses and this book on sophistry? Picard's like, yes, light reading. Shut up. Uh, so they, they start to walk him down to the teleporter, and uh, Riker mentions to Picard that he uh, has a favor to ask. He wants a souvenir, a, a horgon, which can only be found on Ryza, but they're they're easy to find on Ryza. It should be no problem. And Picard's like, yeah, yeah, of course. So, and I, hope they Picard into- does, I hope Picard does not get rused by the suggestion. <laughs> it's the best prank. It's the best kind of prank. Oh, but they, they wish him a good vacation, and he's like, I will try. <laughs> so he arrives down on Riza. He's uh, checking out a woman's ass when he arrives. He's like, oh, there's a lot of people in swimsuits on, on this planet. A lot of lo- large pots, too, that have flowers in them. Um, but he runs straight into this brunette woman with gray eyes and apologizes to her. But she, like, looks past him and sees a Ferengi in beachwear. I love... <laughs> he's got this... He's got this, um, like multicolored shirt and these green shorts and pink mm-hmm. sandals he's mm-hmm. come straight out of whatever 1990 beach party he's been at and he's right back on star trek he's I ready to party him. i'm not sure oh he was wearing it damn I was going to say, I, I thought that, okay, I, I thought he had a different beach outfit on than he does in later scenes, and I was really impressed that they made two different Ferengi beach outfits, but I see now that I'm wrong. 
And it's just the same Frankie Beach I, outfit. I, I would love to see a Frankie lookbook. I, you got to watch DS9. You, you got to watch um, DS9. Are you serious? <laughs> well, there's a lot of Frankie in DS9, and they're not like military Frankie. They're just dudes hanging out. So oh, we man. do see a lot more Frankie fashion. It's probably not the, the variety, probably does not uh, impress you as much as you would like it to, but it is a lot of bright patterns and colors. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. But yeah, they see this Ferengi, or she sees this Ferengi looking around for somebody. So she grabs Picard and just like says, oh, it's great to see you again, and gives him a big old kiss, like a really long kiss, while she's like eyeballing this Ferengi, like looking over at him. And he kind of bashfully turns away like, oh, geez. So the the kiss stops, and Picard's like, "Uh, I think you have me confused for somebody else. And she just kind of looks at him in the face like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, well, welcome to Ryza. <laughs> just a, a traditional Riza welcome. I don't see the issue here. Yeah, just you know, give him a nice mm-hmm. kiss. Just wears his is, brand. Picard hates this, so he's so grumpily, and then he says, "Like a handshake would have sufficed," and walks away. <laughs> he's just seething at Riker in his brain right now. <laughs> uh, but he he happens to walk by two aliens dressed in carpets with scuttlefish faces. So we get this. This is where we get the slow pan of the woman in the bikini and all that that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But we also see that that brunette woman from earlier is hanging out nearby. Uh, she's getting a massage. And then we cut back to Picard, who's reading his book. And Picard is trying so hard to relax here and read in the sun, but he is constantly being interrupted. He, he is like shifting in his seat, kind of water splashes on him and he has to wipe his book off. He is <laughs> having a terrible time of it. He is. Although I do have to wonder where that water came from because they're not like near a pool. No, right they're now. not. Why was that lady all wet? Uh, they're uh, spilling drinks here on the Capitol and the Citadel. That mm-hmm. could be actually, yeah, but because it was people that were running by, and then suddenly he gets splashed in the face in the book, and he's like, "Ah, oh, geez, ah." Uh, but then he's, he starts reading again, and this hoverball starts like buzzing in his face, and he's like buzzing it off like it's a big fly. Like, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> And the owner of the hoverball apologizes and says she's still trying to master it. And he's like, yes, that's clear. <laughs> and she's like, oh, but, you know, I'm employed here. Is there anything I can do to make you stay more comfortable? And he's like, you're the fifth woman who's asked me this. And all I want to do is sit here in the sun and read my book. And so she sits down on the lounger and she's like, oh, but what about after that? May I suggest uh, maybe a swim and a massage? And he just is basically telling her to fuck off at this point. Like, like I'm just leave me alone. I don't know why you're bothering me. And and she's like, well, I'm confused because you're displaying the Horgon. And she reaches behind him to pull up this little statue that's the Horgon that Riker wanted. And uh, and he's like, well, I just bought that, but why? What, what do you? What does that mean? And she's like, oh, well, this is the Rysian symbol for sexuality. Yeah. To, to own it <laughs> means that you're seeking its power and that you're seeking Jamaharon. And Picard is like, uh, well, there's a misunderstanding. You see, I actually I got that for a friend. And and she's like, oh, must be a close friend. And and he's like, yeah, that's right. And it, oh, someone you must uh, you must love. And he just says, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> so pissed off at Riker right now at Owens. But she uh, she says he's a confusing man and leaves. But he immediately hides the Horgon under his towel. So he stops getting bothered. But unfortunately, it doesn't work. No, because man. the sun is immediately blocked by uh, the Ferengi from earlier. The Ferengi accuses him of working with that woman. And Picard has no idea what the fuck he's talking about. But he says uh, he wants the disc from her and tells Picard to tell her that. 
and Picard is very grumpy and kind of is just telling him again, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea who this woman is. I've never seen no disc. I just want to be left alone. And the Ferengi starts to kind of threaten him, like, ah, oh, you're wasting my time. I see you've never dealt with the Ferengi before. And Picard laughs at him and he's like, yes, I have actually. You guys suck. And the Ferengi's like, what? That's very offensive. So Picard uh, stands up and towers over him and the Ferengi backs off a bit like, ah. You kind of get the sense that like Picard's like kind of just hoping for this kind of confrontation just to get the monotony out of the way. A little bit. He's having a grumpy time right now. It didn't take a lot. (laughs) He just wants to read his book and everybody keeps interrupting him, including this annoying Ferengi. And his beachwear, who is Rom. We should look up the actor's name for that, I guess. Rom, Um, the S9 actor. Rom's not real. You You guys keep making this guy up. Max Grodnicek. Redenchik? It's got Good. an accent, Mark. You you tell me how that's pronounced. Anyway, that's um, him. He's great. We love him. Even though he looks like he was stung by a bee in this episode. Oh. He does, is it, though. Is that him in this episode? That's what McFree said. Okay. That's what it said on the computer. Hmm. Okay. Max Grodenchik. Oh. Yes. That him. I, it, the voice is a dead giveaway. I was like, man, that's Rom's voice. That's definitely got to be Rom. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's Rom. Uh, so <laughs> the woman who uh, kissed him earlier is noticing this, this, this argument happening too. But uh, Picard chases the Ferengi away and lies back down. And he just like is trying to relax and close his eyes and be all mindful for a second when he's interrupted again by this woman. And she's like, oh, hello there. And he just looks at her and he's like, oh, it's you. And she's like, wow, that's a hell of a greeting. And um, and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, uh, I, I'm not interested in Jamaharon. <laughs> and she's like, well, that's too bad. You should try it sometime. And and he's very irritated. Like, I will try it when I feel like it. She's like, okay, that's great. But, you know, uh, I wasn't offering it. And he just gets so embarrassed. He gets all red-faced and flustered. Yeah. Like, the, you know, sometimes you accuse a woman of being a prostitute when she's not actually... Well, I don't think I don't think it was that specifically. It's just <laughs> implying that she's like a loose woman, and he, uh, he's all just oh, he's he's so embarrassed. He he's would never so, want to fuck. Yeah, and he's just apologizing to her. Oh, I'm so sorry. I just assumed because you kissed me the other day that that, that that's uh, how you were. And <laughs> and she's like, oh no, I'm actually uh, my name's Vosh, and uh, I just I saw you uh, talking to that Ferengi over there. I wanted to know what that was about. And and so he realizes that she's the woman that the Frankie was talking about. And he's just immediately annoyed again. And it's like, all right, that's it. And he gets up and he grabs his book and his uh, Horgon and he goes to leave. <laughs> and she's like, hang on, wait, where are you going? And like clings to his arm. And she's like, I want to know what you guys were talking about. Uh, I, I, if he told you anything about me, I bet it was lies, which is always a good <laughs> sign. <laughs> But the Ferengi runs into them uh, and he goes, I knew you were working with her. And Picard's like, I'm so sick of this shit. He's like, I don't know her. I don't want to know her. I just want to get the fuck out of here. And um, the Ferengi is is arguing with Vash about like, I want my disc. And she's like, it's not your disc. Uh, but she apologizes to Picard and says, uh, you know, if, if, if you'd like later, we can get together and I can explain all this to you. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Bye. But as as he's walking away, she slips uh, the disc into his pocket. Oh. And nobody notices. Mm-hmm. Very sneaky. She's got the sleight of hand. I feel like, I feel like uh, to make that work. I don't know. I don't know. 
TV make TV makes that stuff seem to be way too easy. Just slipping shit into people's pockets and getting away. You know, I bet it's not actually that hard if you know how to do it. I mean, I I wouldn't be able to because I don't have any kind of sleight of hand. But do you think do you think, do you think an archaeologist would have good sleight of hand? I guess you can have hobbies. I I wouldn't strictly call Vosh an archaeologist. <laughs> That's what she calls herself. <laughs> That's what she calls herself. You just gotta level her. up your pickpocketing skill. You know. Hmm. she's a she's a shady woman and we love her you know you know who she always reminds me of is uh marion in raiders of the lost ark she's got big marion vibes you 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 know what this this entire episode at a certain especially at a certain point feels like indiana jones yeah well, when the two of them show up in Indiana Jones outfits, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wrote down at one point, this is just Indiana Jones. 100%. I do not That's disagree. Not true. The Picard's pants are much bigger than Indiana Jones. That's, That's true. true. And he doesn't have a hat. He does not have the Indiana Jones hat, even though he would look smashing in the Indiana Jones hat. He would. I can picture him in it. He's going to get sunburned on his head. Uh, don't worry. You can't get sunburned on Ryza. It's a paradise. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about don't the worry about the multiple suns. <laughs> yeah. No, they put sunscreen in the climate, so you don't have to worry about it. It's fine. Oh. Uh, that's why they that's why they call it climate controlled. <laughs> anyway, Picard <laughs> goes back to his room and he finds uh, the tube carpet aliens scanning the walls, and he's like, "What the hell are you doing here?" And they explain that they are Vorgons from the 27th century. Uh, they're named Azure and Barasta or something, and they came here to find him. And they explain that uh, they're looking for a powerful weapon that was made in the future called the Toxutat, which Picard has heard of because there's apparently this other record of its existence from the future somewhere that Picard's familiar with. Uh, but no one knows where the Sutat is because it was hidden in the past to prevent it from being stolen by criminals. Oh. And these two claim that they're the security team assigned to retrieve it, but they were unsuccessful in locating it in the 22nd century where it was ori- originally sent. So instead, they looked through historical records and they found a mention of it with Picard. Apparently, Picard held it in his hand like a gem that fit its description. So they're like, uh, and that was on on Rises. They're like, you will find it. And he's like, I have no, I, I'm not looking for it. I don't have it. Uh, and they're like, well, you will find it. And when you do, uh, you got to give it to us so we can take it back to the future. And he kind of is like, OK, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, whatever. You know, if you wanted to hide something, wouldn't you send it into the future so it wouldn't be there in the present? Yeah, me. I'm I'm McFreeze with my logic and common sense. Listen, sometimes the, the the secure thing to do is to somehow send something into the past. <laughs> I don't. You gotta looper it. You gotta looper it. I. This whole scenario is fishy to me. I don't know if these guys are on the up and up at all. I'm sure they wouldn't lie I tr- to us. I trust our, them. Our good friends Azure and Broster, whatever their names are. Uh, but Picard is just kind of like, oh, man, this trip is exhausting. And he puts his hands in his pockets for a second and finds the disc that, that Vosh slipped in there. <laughs> so we see Vosh uh, cleaning up this trash room, which is, again, lending credence to the idea that there are no locks on these doors. Because uh, Picard comes in and she apologizes for the mess and says that Sovak, who's the Ferengi from earlier, has just taken to periodically searching her quarters. <laughs> like he just walks in and trashes the place and she has to pick it up. I, I like that she seems like more annoyed than anything else. She's just like, ah, not my room. Yeah, it seems like an annoyance. She's to like, it's nothing's gotta, destroyed. You wouldn't be like over. concerned by the fact that your room just got turned fucking upside down. I gotta you put my plant back in the right spot. <laughs> 
man has a gun. Well, he hasn't I guess, used I it I guess we yet. don't know. I guess we technically don't know that yet. Vosh probably knows that yet. I'm going to guess she probably knows he has a gun. But um, Brookard presents the discord and asks if that's what Sofak's looking for. And she just kind of chuckles and apologizes for having to hide it on him like that because she was concerned that he was going to start searching her body next, which is, ooh. Uh, but he Whoa. asks, uh, he asks what's on the disc, and she tells him that it wouldn't interest him. Uh, and anyway, she doesn't need a partner. But he asks if it contains information related to the talks through Tot, which gets her attention, and they uh, they sit down to talk about it. She explains that she was the assistant uh, for the last five years for the late professor Samuel Estragon, who uh, re- dedicated his life to researching the talks through Tot. And uh, just before he died, found some information, some research that which uh, pointed right to its location here on Ryza, which is what's on that disc. So she's continuing his research to try to find the uh, the Otat. But Sovak, who was uh, sometimes an associate of the professor, believes that the Otat is his. So she says she wants to um, and she says he wants to just sell it to the highest bidder, but she wants to give it to the Daystrom Institute for study. So she knows where to go look for it, but she's, she doesn't know how to get, o- uh, get over to it because Sovak's just going to follow her. Mm-hmm. and uh picard's like well what if i go look for it in your place then uh you know you can just safely stay here and i'll go find it and she's like oh well you know this isn't a starship and you can't just order me around and the uh, professor's notes on the disc are encoded anyway so i'm coming along and he he really is taken with her he's like he's like you're cool lady <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get to meet a lady like this very often he likes but, dangerous uh, he likes dangerous women he does it's exciting and fun but uh, he says that they can they can meet in the lobby in 15 minutes then and get a change of clothes and they can go out and look for it together. You know what? I said that he likes dangerous women, but I'm pretty sure his last girlfriend was just like a lady. Like, what was her deal even? The judge? No, 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 no. I guess that counts as his last. I, he, he, he fucked her. We, we were not denying that he fucked her. Okay. I will never. All right. All right. All right. I, no, I meant uh, um, at least we have Paris. Oh, yeah, I don't know what her deal was, except that she married some other guy. Like, that was her entire personality was, oh, she married another guy. That was, like, her literal entire personality. Yeah, all her life was wrapped around this one guy that she lived with, uh, like, alone on some research facility. It was very romantic. Until he got time cancer. If she'd been more dangerous, I bet that uh, he wouldn't have left her to go join Starfleet. That's true. But the two of them reappear. I can't believe you remember so much of that episode, Hayes. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. We keep I coming already... back to it repeatedly. It, it comes up a lot just because Bacard does not have enough love interests in his past. And every time we talk about that, it's just like we have to think about this one stupid episode where he well, had that, a girlfriend. That also because it has time shit in it. When we talk about time shit, that episode comes up. Yeah, that's true. That's we'll true always also. have. We'll always have Paris. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, McFreeze. Oh. So the two of them reappear in the lobby together in their Indiana Jones outfits, which I love. I, I I love them. Oh man, I was hoping this would be way more of an adventure with them doing dumb Indiana Indiana Jones stuff instead of them just kind of having a campfire most of the time. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was still. I again, this is still fun. I like this. The, yeah, this scene right here is is probably as fun adventure as it, as it gets because uh, they get ready to go and uh, Sovak, of course, has a gun at their back saying like, I knew you were going to try to sneak out like this. And so they uh, they turn around and he's got them held at gunpoint and and he's trying to, to tell Picard like, oh, you shouldn't work with her. She's not trustworthy. You know, uh, you want to know how she got that disc? I hired her to steal it. And then she uh, betrayed uh, uh. me. 
and she's denying this. She's like, oh, he's like, he's lying. That's full shit. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't steal shit. I didn't. Fine. <laughs> she, she would never. She's like, I, you can't believe a Ferengi over me. But uh, but he's like, I don't care about any of that though. Just give me the fucking disc. And and so she goes, fine, have it. And she takes her backpack off and just throws it at him. And while he's stunned because he's had a backpack thrown at him and he's confused, I guess Picard just grabs the blaster from his hand uh, and punches him in the face. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and Picard like just tosses the blaster in some nearby bushes. <laughs> you can't. Do Why did this, he get Picard. rid of it? That was a dumb idea. I, got, I guess it was because he, he needed to not have it later. First of all, weapons are not allowed on Rise. Whatever. Which is why he securely disposed of it in some bushes. <laughs> I love that he literally just throws it in some nearby plants. Picard, it's the worst thing he could have done. <laughs> oh, but they they uh, congratulate each other like, yeah, we're making a great team here. They they head off. Oh, so next we have Vash and Picard uh, have arrived at the cave system, and I, I guess they still have 11 kilometers to go, so they decide to spend the night before they continue. Oh. And they, fu- they fucking lay out these solar blankets on top of rocks. They don't even have a mattress or anything. They just lay out this like really thin blanket on top of rocks. They could like- have chosen dirt. Like The option was presented to them. They could have been on dirt, but they chose rocks. It seems like they hell. Love to sleep on the comfy rocks. And you know what would be really cool is since this is the future, if they would just push a button and it turned into a mattress all of a sudden. Oh, but we don't like have that kind of something. budget. Yeah. yeah. They should have There's... called the what, the, the, what the, the fucking budget for an air mattress? <laughs> well, not an instant one. We couldn't do that. We couldn't what, speed up the footage of an air mattress. I was going to say, yeah, up. you just have the footage and like blow it up off screen or something. <laughs> can't can't possibly do that That's so impossible. we just got to sleep on these bare rocks and she's kind of teasing him about uh pulling him away from his relaxing vacation at Riza. uh but he's like uh yeah i was supposed to come here to relax and she's like oh, well you don't seem like the kind who wants to relax and lay in the sun you know you need stuff like this you need a an adventure and he kind of like reluctantly admits it like that he's having a lot more fun playing adventurer with her mm-hmm. they lay down and share their little blanket bed and um Picard like rolls over and pulls the whole sheet off and so she's got to pull it back very comically but they start to flirt you know instead and uh it might turn into some uh, makeouts and uh hmm. I forget I I forget even what their flirty like stuff was it was just very much like we uh, you seem like a fucker Picard Picard's like I am like a fucker (laughs) I will never I'll never forget how he says you are outrageous. Yeah, that part's great. That part that, is great. Yeah. Well, I guess wasn't it like she was uh, saying that he looked so disappointed when she turned him down for Jamaharon? <laughs> <laughs> you are outrageous, he says. Uh, but yeah, they fucked. <laughs> That's the end of that story. It's only implied. You know, there's a cutaway. I think the the other the the space fish just showed up at this point the space no. fish the space fish actually no that was not until later you right oh scuttlefish these these fish the vorgons yeah the vorgons uh, I I thought you meant a literal space fish I was no, like I think the, there's a little space I'm fish sorry, the space squids I see I see uh yeah no they fuck so they wake up in the next morning and they're continuing their search. Uh, and we we see this really cool shot of them like walking over this giant cliff uh, face, like along this cliff face. 
So I, I, love, I love this composite shot, but um, it, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. But they cool. they, en- they enter this room where the, the, the Utara is supposed to be, and I can only describe this room as this is where the video game boss arena is. <laughs> <Because> it's, a <laughs> fucking, it's a fucking circular room with just cliff walls all around it, but there's this is where the boss arena fight is. Uh, Pretty much. Don't uh, but, trigger the floor collapse. Oh, oh no. no. But Vasha says she can't get a signal here. That the, something in the rocks must be interfering with it. So Picard pulls the shovels out of the backpack and puts them together and says, "Well, then there's only thing we can, one thing we can do. We got to start digging." So they uh, they start digging, and uh, the Vorgon appear to witness the historic moment. They say, uh, but Picard has to explain to Vash that, "Oh yeah, these guys are from the future. They want the Utah back." And she's like, "You knew about this? Were you ever going to mention it?" And he's like, "Yeah, sorry. Would you have let me come along if I if I had?" And, and she's like, "No, I guess not." But she's pretty pissed off about this. But then also at the same time, behind them, Sovak appears. Crowd uh, Ch- cheers. And he's got a bigger gun than before. That's and true. he's not in beachwear anymore. The coward. He should. Crowd doing. Although I like his outfit. He's wearing like a Ferengi suit and it's got like gems along the sleeves. Yeah. It's cool looking. Uh, but he uh, holds them at gunpoint. He says he found the disc in Vash's room and she's like, well, that's impossible. I mean, I made a copy, but I burned it. And he's like, ah, you only burnt the outer casing. And so he See, holds. You have to fucking suck if you do that, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I know it's a ruse, but it's like when I first heard that, I was like, come on, lady. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, that, it, that'd be like, like like burning off like the case of a PSP disc case and being like, I destroyed it. Just like light a trash can fire and hope it burns and walk away. Like, yeah. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's destroyed now. It yeah. was near fire. Uh, but at gunpoint, he did not forces them to dig for the Utah. And I love, too, that he has them at gunpoint searching for this. And the Vorgon are just up on their little rock cliff watching the whole time. They do nothing. They're just like, OK, we're just going to supervise. couldn't give less of a fuck. They really couldn't. <laughs> They're just watching for it to get picked, dug up. And I, 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 I don't even think like the the camera ever even looks at them like once or twice. Like after uh, Sova comes back, they're just they're just in the background. Like they're they're not part of the scene while this is happening. Yeah, they're just awkwardly standing there, and Sovak doesn't even seem to care that they're here. They're just I know, like, he doesn't I'm give a shit. Trouble. He's like, uh, you think you think... address this at some point. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. Eh. Uh, he just wants t- this treasure. That's true. So, I can respect o- that. Over some time, the two have dug up about half the room, and Picard finally gives up. He like walks over and he puts his jacket back on. And so Vox's like, What are you doing? Keep digging, human. But he's like, we've dug up like half the fucking room. I don't think it's here. And and Vosh is like, You don't think the professor's research could have been wrong? And he's like, I don't know, dude. It just doesn't seem to be here though. <laughs> <laughs> and the Vorgon up on their rock were like, Yeah, this is very puzzling. Hmm. And they look at each other and they vanish. But uh, Sovak refuses to believe it's not there. And instead of shooting them or anything, he just is like, give me that shovel. And he walks over there and starts to dig himself like, I'm going to find it. It's very lucky this lady's crappy plan didn't involve her getting shot by a very irritable uh, Ferengi. Because he just as easily could have been like, ah, fuck this. Well, we didn't mention that earlier. He said, oh, she's shrewd and calculating and self-serving. A perfect mate for a Ferengi. I know. He he went. He is so down with her. Um, yeah, he's really points. down bad. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I forgot to write that in my notes, but Sovak is absolutely down bad for uh for Vosh, and she probably does count that into her plans. Like he won't shoot me because he wants to fuck me. Ha ha. 
<laughs> he could have shot Picard, though. He very he easily could have shot Picard with, with his massive new gun. Yeah, he didn't care. He just tosses his rifle down and he's like, I'm going to find the Zootot. <laughs> so the, the two of them arrive back at Vasha's room at the resort finally, and she just laments over the wasted uh, five years of her life uh, as a research assistant for this treasure that doesn't exist. But Picard tells her there will be other treasures and he tries to comfort her. What does but that mean? Uh, like, you know, big shiny rocks and stuff and vases. Oh, okay. and stop, stop trying to make everything sh- shrewd and lewd. All right. <laughs> but uh, he tries to comfort her and she just says, uh, oh, I just I just want to be alone right now. And he understands. So he goes back to his own quarters. Where he receives a hail from Riker, who tells oh. him that they are in orbit of Ryza and ready to beam him back whenever he's ready. And he says he'll let them know when he's ready. But in the meantime, they should be ready to activate transporter code 14 on his signal. And Riker's like, code 14? And he's like, that's right, code 14. How is, Riker, how is Picard able to come up with these plans so far in advance before he even knows what's going to like happen? He's so smart. He's There's so probably a lot of uh, times in space where you want to blow something up discreetly. <laughs> I guess. So you, you arrange to have this happen. Spoiler, that's what code 14 is. I didn't know that. I didn't know I that. Did, I didn't know that till it happened in this episode, and I don't think they ever use it again. But they should because it's good. It seems useful to have. Honestly, yeah. Uh, so it's late uh, at it, night. It, but then again, it also seems like it go real bad. Like you get and off you, code fourteen mm-hmm. and you forget about it, and you're like, "Oh, okay, beat me up." Wait, no. <laughs> well, usually they just say, "All right, uh, lock on to my signal and then blow me up." And they're like, yeah. "Huh?" It's like, just do it. Damn it, we're out of time. <laughs> you wanted to be discreet, though. But it's it's late at night and uh, no one is in the lobby except for Vash walking out with a bag, getting ready to check out of the resort, it looks like. Picard calls out to her like, hey, uh, why are you leaving so soon? Or leaving so soon? And he's sitting at a table nearby. And she's like, oh, ah, I was uh, I was just coming to say goodbye. Haha. And she's trying to explain like, I just I want to put all this behind me as fast as possible. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I get that. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I want to know one thing. Where did you hide the Utah? and she's like that's not funny shut up (laughs) and he's he goes through this whole fucking uh colombo detective spiel he does (laughs) it's it's good this is the second episode in a row he's done this by the way i love it when picard gets to play detective but he's like oh he's not playing uh no he's he's done it but um the the fucking burned case thing he tripped him on on uh that she was leading them all on this wild goose chase because he's like you'd never be stupid enough to leave a copy of that disc for sovak to find on accident like you did that on purpose so that he would follow us because you knew it wouldn't be there and she's like oh yeah well how would i have known it wouldn't have been there and he's like because you already found it uh-huh. <laughs> and she's like damn you're right you're right he's like yeah why would you come here with your life's work and then spend a week hanging out on the beach that yeah, make sense. It does not, make it, 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 you know, when you put it like that, really. Yeah, she was literally hanging out, getting a massage, waiting for all of this shit to go down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she compliments his cleverness and she lifts up a near guy, Horgon, to uh, open it up and reveal that the Utat was hidden inside of its hollow head. And so we see uh, Picard pick it up and hold it in his hand. It's just like this big fucking jewel. And he's like, whoa, it's a weapon from the future. <laughs> and he's like you weren't really going to give this to the daystrom institute were you and she's like well maybe not give she just wants to get paid what's wrong with that <laughs> it owns that she it, just wants to get paid spent a lot of time on this project you know 
Yeah. Yeah. She might be a human and able to live without needing money, but she wants money and I respect it. You know, <laughs> she like you lives know, outside. She, she really would be a good mate for a Ferengi. She would be. She uh she lives outside the fucking Federation just because she thinks money is cool and wants to earn it. <laughs> <laughs> And that, I oh, oh but that. by the way, uh, I don't know if you—I forget if you mentioned it—but he offers to buy um, Vosh's. Uh, sorry, Sovak offers to buy Vosh's weight in gold at one point, which says, I guess, the gold is still valuable somehow to the Ferengi. We haven't got—we haven't given that up yet. Yeah, the Ferengi, you know, they don't know about how replicators, uh, replicators can uh, you just make gold. Well, I think that they—they they know that, but they are hoping that humans don't know that. And that's probably why she just rolls her eyes at him. Yeah. That makes I sense. That makes sense. I'm trying to puzzle out, but mostly it's just that the writers have not invented Latinum yet. Is is why. But um, so the she says she deserves to make some profit, of course. And uh, the Vorgons teleport in at that point, and they congratulate Picard on a job well done. And they're like, "All right, now give us the Utah." And so he's like, "All right," and goes to hand it to them. And Vosh is like, "Wait a minute, you didn't trust me. Why are you trusting them? Like, how, how do you know they're who they say they are?" And he's like, well, I just assumed that the Vorgons would have some kind of proof to back up their claim. And she's like, wait a minute, they're Vorgons? According to the professor's research, it was two Vorgons, a male and a female, that tried to steal the Utah in the first place. Oh, didn't they already mention that at one point where they like kind of found it, then fucked it up? Or am I making that up? Well, they said they went back to the 22nd century to try to recover it and failed. Right. Okay. So that would have been way before this point. So yeah. That, that, yeah. 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 They uh they were like the ones in the future who tried to seal it that it was hidden from in the first place, I believe. Right. 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 Which I'm not sure how the professor in the 24th century figured this out, but whatever. It's not important. It's well, not apparently important. his notes had the exact location of the thing in the cave. <laughs> it, it did also have that. Yeah. We don't think too much about that either. <laughs> Like the, to the fucking inch where this thing is supposed to be in this cave. That's how archaeology works, right? Yeah. Somewhere in a book, someone writes down exactly where something is and you go dig it up. He just yeah. found the treasure map, you know? Yeah, he didn't even have to burn it with the sun at a specific time or whatever. Uh, Which which Indiana Jones was that in even? That was the third it's one, a, right? It sounds like Temple of Doom. I don't know. Maybe it was Temple of Doom. I don't remember. I like that bit, though. I don't like Temple of Doom, but I like that bit. But I like Picard. Temple of Doom because it's a ridiculous movie. <laughs> it's I, I, I will not. I, I, listen, I'm not going to go to bat that for Temple of Doom because it's such a stupid movie. But I kind of like how stupid it is. I just hate the woman in it. Like I, she's such oh, a she's, she's such a caricature, and I I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, she's just like scream queen the entire movie and stuff like yeah, that. She's yeah, she's no Marion. She's no Marion, dude. Marion was so yeah. cool, and then you're going to bring this fucking blonde starlet in here to be like. Ah! snakes and shit i'm scared i don't like any of this i hate this also a deeply racist movie (laughs) yes it is also deeply racist but i think they all are to some degree yeah but that is also but specifically that is the one where they're like eating monkey brains and they're like talking with the the like leader of the tribe and he's all like oh like that the entire time so you know you know some things don't age amazingly yeah yeah it's yeah it's well oh, it is it what it is. <laughs> nothing we can do about it but so picard asks these vorgons for for few further proof that they are who they say they are and they say oh the only proof we have is that we're here and uh they they're done playing this game and they just pull out their weapon and fucking shoot vosh which luckily only stuns her again she easily could have died there easily but- could have died she like because she gets the fucking pain beam 
but yeah i don't don't even think it hurts her she just kind of like falls backwards like oh what the heck yeah she just seems like (laughs) surprised by it more than anything so picard hails the enterprise and he tells them to activate the code 14 on his location with a two second delay and he like jumps out of the way real quickly and uh the utah just blows up and vosh is watching this just like oh no my money (laughs) she's devastated but uh, the Vorgons reveal that history had reported that Picard had been the one that destroyed the Utah, and they're like, and you fulfilled your destiny all too well, Picard. Meh, stupid jerk. And they leave. <laughs> I love the Vorgons. Goodbye, Vorgons. Good luck in the future. Vosh is just so sad, though, about her money blowing up. I hope they come back each and every week. I don't. Picard is uh is packing up his things though while Vosh just kind of sits in his room and she asks him if there's an opening for an archaeologist aboard the Enterprise and he pauses for a while and he tells her I don't think starship life would suit you <laughs> and she's yep. like yeah you're right it would take there... I can't believe there was an opening for an archaeologist there probably was he didn't <laughs> say no he didn't say he no was thinking about it he's like I really don't want it on the ship that would be bad probably <laughs> but she agrees. Well, he already has Crusher. I mean, doesn't. I, mean, I guess he technically doesn't have Crusher, but come on. Maybe that's why he doesn't want Vosh on the ship. It'd yeah. be too complicated. He, he, Troy would know what's going on, and it would be very embarrassing. Yes. He can't let anybody know Command- that he fucked. Commander, you keep having sexual thoughts about <laughs> Vosh. That is not Troy. <laughs> okay, okay, let's hear, your, let's hear your, your Troy. That's how she talks. That's not how she talks. No, let's hear, uh, let's, let's hear your interpretation. She oh always my God. talks I can't do like voices. this with her little pauses. <laughs> she talks she, That's how she talks! <laughs> Captain Picard, please, may I have some more? <laughs> that's what, what you are doing. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> that's Hayes. That's what Hayes is doing. <laughs> that's what she's doing. I'm just, I'm, I'm imitating the master. It's hard to, you know, it's really hard to imitate someone's accent when it's totally a made-up accent. Exactly. <laughs> you were trying to tell you were you were you were trying to tell me it was like her real accent at first. I was like, a fool. <laughs> she sounds so ridiculous. Really it's real. Okay. Really made up. Yeah. You anyway. go to beta that and you tell me it's not real. <laughs> Luxana is the real side doesn't even yeah. talk like that. <laughs> no, Luxana she doesn't. just talks like a normal person. Yeah, we, she's, we, we, we've never. Luxana has just been watching sitcoms from Earth for so long. We've never she heard decided Troy's to dad. behave like that the whole time. We've never heard Troy's dad. Maybe Troy's dad talks like this all the time. <laughs> He's got some weird made-up future Earth accent. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Oh, yeah, actually, wasn't it supposed to be his her dad's accent? Wasn't there like a I think so. Yeah, I think there was like a yeah. reference to that at one point. Man. Where she's like, oh, I, I think like in the episode in season one where we actually meet Luxana, she says like, oh, you talk like your father. Yeah. Or, or uh, Deanna mentions that one of her uh, one of her nursemaids when she was a kid tried to get her out of the accent or something. And she just oh, never could yeah, or yeah, something, yeah. Like that. something like that. that. Something like that. Anyway, Lord, 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 Picard data, asks data Lord, data Lord. Sorry, go. Picard asks Vaj what she's uh, planning on doing next, and she's like, "Well, I was thinking about exploring the ruins on Sarthong Five, and he just explodes. He's like, "Oh, you are out of your mind. You know the Sarthongians are ruthless to trespassers." <laughs> and he's just like throwing things around the room, like you're crazy. 
And she's like, why, John Luke, you really do care about me. Oh. <laughs> it's so cute. Uh, and the two of them get close, and he asks her to try to stay out of trouble. And she's like, well, I always try. And they uh, they say their goodbyes, and um, she wonders if they'll ever see each other again. And Picard's like, well, the Vorgons are time travelers, so maybe now we're stuck in a happy death day loop. Right now. <gasps> <laughs> it's weird how he knew that was going to be a movie that did a time loop. Like, wait. No, that was up in the past. That was in the past. That's this is the past. Hundreds of it, years already, ago. it already came out. Yeah, exactly. A long time. Yeah. Long All the sequels time. Oh, yeah, have right. been out. If you, right. you, you never noticed the happy death day poster in his room? <laughs> no, I missed that. I missed that. It must be behind some books or something. It's next to the Jason X poster. Oh, uh, God, dude, if I was on a starship, I'd totally have a Jason X poster. That would be funny. That would just be <laughs> funny. Be funny. <laughs> <sighs> so Picard returns to the bridge on the Enterprise and they welcome him back. And he, he tells Riker, like, Hey, later, uh, we need to have a little chat about that Horgon, okay? Like, he's really annoyed and kind of cross. But he, he turns to walk back to his ready room, and Troy asks him, Well, did you have a good time? Uh, Captain, did you have a good time? No, that's not it. Fuck. <laughs> I'm making it <laughs> I, up. I'm telling you, I have it right. You don't. You're just, you, you don't. You don't. <laughs> I have it perfect. Thank you. No. Uh, but um, he's, he turns and smiles and says, Uh-huh. <laughs> just uh-huh. Uh, and he walks away and Riker grins and says I knew he'd have a great time it was exactly like Riker planned it actually it's how it turned well, out Riker doesn't actually know what happened so he just thinks that Picard fucked a ton on the planet he did well he did yeah so I guess I guess <laughs> it he all got laid. that's all, all that matters you know what I just remembered I forgot to read the specs of this episode at the beginning of this fucking part because you were so excited to talk about my favorite episode is it really a favorite episode it's a good episode it's up there it was written by iris stephen bear directed by chip chalmers the annual universe date was 43745.2 soul year 2366 y'all ever met someone named chip sounds like a fake name uh what about chip cheesem that's not his name what <laughs> that's not his real name i, I can't think... believe chip cheesem is a fake name i'm amazed <laughs> that's what i'm saying only it's a it's a it's a fake name I'm yeah asking... it does i mean i've never met a chip i assume it's always a nickname i don't think anybody actually names their child chip no i think this dude's name is... what's this guy what's the director's name chip chalmers chip cheesem chip chip chalmers chip chalmers <clears throat> this is this man's legal name He's 69 years old. Is nice. he a Super Nintendo? Yes. What else has he worked on? He worked on um, a few uh, Deep Space Nine episodes, worked on a Mortal Kombat Conquest, the TV show episode, worked on a Miami Vice episode. I guess that's his, that's the, the bulk of his directing credits, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page, and it says, in 1979, quote-unquote Chip Chalmers became the production coordinator. Wikipedia is acknowledging that this is probably a fake name, but it's not giving us a real name for him. He's very secretive, apparently. I guess so. I guess so. That's weird. I feel like that's weird. Is this guy a real person? Is he fake? Hmm. Is he just a a pseudonym for, like, you know, a a series of directors that didn't want to use their real name? A series of CIA operatives. They have a different name for that. I don't remember what it is. Well, well, they ha- well, they actually have had to change that over the years because people got um, 
you know, people got used to, uh, oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting the uh, fake name. That oh, yeah, used. yeah. People um, got wise to uh, Alan John- Smithy. Alan, Alan Smithy. Smithy. Yes, people got wise to that. And so they, I, I don't know if it's ever been recorded, like what the what the ones they would use later were, but I do know it's different now. Or maybe yeah. everyone just uses a, the fake name for each individual project, which seems like I, the thing you should do. Yes, if you really want to keep your identity hidden, you would use a different fake name every time, I feel like. Yeah, totally, entirely. I don't know how in this day and age anybody can possibly hide their involvement with a project, though, because it's all recorded like from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like it's all on IMDb right away. Yeah, um, I I mean like for larger projects, sure, but like for stuff that just kind of like comes out and it isn't doesn't have many eyes on it, you know, I'm sure it's not that difficult to just kind of keep yourself on the on the down low per se. Yeah, yeah, I, that's a good question. Honestly, I would I'd be curious to know how much that happens nowadays. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this Chip Chalmers guy, I don't know what his real name is, but it's probably not Chip Chalmers. His name's Chip Chalmers. I'm gonna find his birth certificate to prove myself. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway it's a great episode next week we also have some great episodes this is just we're we're in the midst of a lot of great episodes but we next are. week we're going to be talking about tin man which is we're going to be learning i more wonder about... who that's about no it's not about data actually it's about a... data. <laughs> what surprise what? Uh, it's really not it, we're going to be learning no we're going to be learning more about betazoid psychic the man powers. who gets called tin man every time someone wants to rip on him and it's not about him yep nope that's crazy all right and, and and we're we're all... What's the other one? I'm sorry, I was yelling. <laughs> sorry, the other one is uh, one second. Forget the exact name of it. Um, but it's the episode where we first meet Lieutenant Barkley. Hollow Pursuits. Hollow Pursuits. That's a fantastic episode. I'm so excited for you to watch this episode hey, and find out what you think about this uh, guy. You're Hayes. gonna be very interested in Mr. Barkley. I'm gonna say. Well, you guys better not disappoint. I, you, you know, I'm, I'm excited I, to meet Mr. Charles I Barkley. Will not say anything about why that might be okay all right <laughs> it's just a uh, enjoy the episode that's all we'll say but we'll, we'll just, be talking about those next week looking forward it's, to it. it's an iconic uh you know side character in the next generation he is i've been i've been waiting so hard for him to show up and he's like it's not till season three. Oh my god i can't wait for barkley and now he's finally gonna be here next week folks tune in lieutenant reginald barkley is coming I'm ready for his chaos dunk. (laughs) So uh, thank you guys for listening out there. And uh, thank you, Hayes. Thank you, McFreeze. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions or comments, please give us an email at beammetosickbay at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, If we start recording before before your email comes in, (laughs) then we'll read it next week. So sorry if that happens. (laughs) We were expecting an email and uh, we we, uh, started recording the episode before it was here. So. Merck decided to just fucking bowl it over. I try to stop her, but, you know, once she has her mindset on something, nothing you can do. So, you know what? The secret is we actually start recording these these podcast episodes. No, no, don't tell everybody. You can't spoil the movie magic. Like three days after the other one is released. So you don't have a lot of time. Send in an email. But send us an email. We love to hear from you. Beam me to sickbay at gmail.com. All right. Well, this is a lot of fun. (laughs) It was. I'll, I'll see you guys later. All right, uh, I will see you all next time. Live long and prosper.